0: All right, before we get started, we'd like to take this opportunity to remind everyone about the rules of our podcast. We like to be positive. There's no negativity. There's no right or wrong. You can like WWE and AEW. You can like college football and pro football. You can even like Detroit music scene and the Seattle music scene. It's uh, They're comparable. They're whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Whoa, Wait whoa. a minute. Whoa. Hold on. Wait. I, I Who's comparable. this? Comparable? I I respect Motown, but if you're going on the route of saying that Kid Rock and Eminem are in this category of the Seattle scene from the early 90s, I don't know where you're coming from here. There's no Detroit scene. Motown is great. Don't get me wrong. If you're speaking Motown, we can argue this because there is a scene out of Motown. But if you're talking Kid Rock and Eminem, I don't think you have anything there. What about Bob Seger? There's that's not a scene, that's just a guy from a place. <laughs> what are, I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about a scene British invasion, Seattle. You know, you can argue Motown was part of something like that from a, a specific location that developed music, but I, I think you're coming from a spot where you're trying to say that Kid Rock and Eminem are ones. To argue about, and uh, doesn't doesn't hold a candle to the grunge gods over at the West Coast.
0: Have you never heard of the Juggalo scene?
1: That's a scene. Uh, I've unfortunately <laughs> heard of the Juggalo scene, so, and right. um, <laughs> so
0: so I win uh, this battle.
1: <laughs> I'm not down with the clown. Oh well,
0: this is starting off terribly. I, I don't even <laughs> I don't even know where to go with this. We're just going to uh, go to the intro, go to the band. Let's let's kick it off.
1: Live from the 20x20 20 20 studios, sponsored by 20x20 20 by 20 apparel, this is the 20x20 20 20
0: podcast. I am Marmalade Foulweather, and here are your hosts,
1: Peter and Chris.
0: Thank you to Marmalade and the 20x20 20 20 band. They're popular with the fans, as always. Before we get started, we want to jump right into the quick ads and social medias, just get that out of the way. You're already listening to us, wherever you're listening. You can also follow us on 20x20Pod or 20x20Apparel. That's on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all your favorite social medias. Uh, Upcoming events, we have uh, Astronomicon on February 7th, 8th, and 9th. We have a GCW show coming up next month. We also have old-time wrestling on March 28th. But let's escape all of that. Everyone knows about all those. We talk about those every week. Right now, we're talking about our guest, my friend, Randy Sobel. Randy, what's going on?
1: Yo, 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 grab a 40 and check your rollies. It's <laughs> crime time. <laughs> That's super random. <laughs> <laughs> It was the first thing that came to my head. That was sort of a wrestling reference, but oh. Hello could have done just fine.
0: Well, that's okay. I know that from hearing you on other podcasts. I know that you like to t- take them over. So you're more um, than welcome it's to- Not.
1: No. 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 <laughs> I just have a massive ego, and I'm narcissistic, and those those are issues I'm working on in therapy. It's okay. That's- we we won't have we won't have any of that in this podcast. But all of my opinions are, of course the best
0: that's quite understandable so (laughs) so we're talking to randy he is the host of the live on four legs podcast that is a pearl jam podcast that goes on we've done it for almost two years now right
1: just about yeah uh 2018 started after the home and away shows and uh and yeah finally with a year and a half of doing it we finally just got some big news this past week so uh ready for a tour ready for a new album and uh yeah it should be the place to be over over at the the four leg uh, leg legatory over there
0: (laughs) do you want to mention i I know obviously there's big news with the pearl jam tour and cd but do you want to mention your cd
1: well
0: (laughs) album i'm sorry
1: <laughs> I was about to say like nobody's nobody's buying a CD right now um yeah of, of course but uh yeah Gigaton is the new album that's coming out we actually just got a full track listing uh this week we're gonna hear our first single which is called dance of the clairvoyance and very soon we should hear the next uh, a sample of the next track which is going to be called super blood wolf moon it's gonna be different I know a lot of people that are listening probably know <laughs> pearl jam, pearl jam and and the rest wrestling community don't have a lot of crossover. They don't? not necessarily but I, I will get to I will get to a crossover in a second how yes. I'm trying to uh you know get the communities to sort of of combine a little bit and that'll happen this week uh but you know this is not this album is not going to be the songs that you know Jeremy and alive and even flow and better man it's not gonna be anything like that I think it's it's gonna be a little more if you if you know the album by Gnarle, I think it's gonna have that flavor to it it, of just being a little bit experimental a little bit uh a little bit different so i i'm excited i want something completely different and completely new and uh i have i've loved pearl jam you know from 91 through uh 2013 so this is any anything that they do i'm pretty much going to be excited and happy for
0: i can hear it in your voice you sound very excited
1: yeah, yeah, no. That's uh, you, when when you have seven seven years go by and your favorite band doesn't release anything, uh, you're freaking excited. So. <laughs> Imagine um, if they don't do WrestleMania for seven years.
0: Oh lord, yes. So it there's probably so many- saves a
1: lot of 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 time, but you know <laughs> you can't get that time back. There's so
0: many like crossover questions that I have that we're gonna try to just blow through, but there's just just <laughs> so much to unpack probably just nerd talk right here between me and you there well, is a the- there is a tour coming up did you secure any tickets for any
1: upcoming shows well, no, I uh, I didn't. I, I I lost out on what is called the the Pearl Jam lottery. Uh, I put in for shows in Baltimore and New York City, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get there. Uh, I've already made plans on my calendar that if I have tickets or not. Which look, uh, I have a podcast where I talk to people, and if I keep saying I don't have tickets, people <laughs> will recognize that and be like, oh, you know what? I, I should if if I gotta sell my tickets or I know somebody that has tickets, maybe I'll give it to the podcast guy. Like that, I, I think it's, you know, I, I'll be there. There, There's no doubt in my mind. It's just a little disappointing that, you know, you get those emails that say, sorry, you're, you're not a winner. I think everybody wants to be a winner in this. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of people missed out. Uh, but Baltimore and, and New York City had really low odds. And that's just kind of what happens sometimes. But I did happen to win uh tickets a couple couple months ago last month uh they did their European tour uh lottery and we won tickets to both Amsterdam shows so really excited to uh, set up a honeymoon over in Amsterdam and and Austria nice. and uh and that's all we'll we'll be doing summer of 2020 sweet there's
0: nothing like yeah. a nice little tour to uh, follow around over the summer and Catch some live shows, hit up some uh, new places to check out. That's that's good. Yeah, I had
1: never been to Europe before, so this is going to be a completely new experience for me. So I'm very excited. Me and the wife are very excited.
0: On my side of things, I just went for the Toronto show, which is opening the tour, and I got tickets. So...
1: Great. If That's you, awesome.
0: If you need any, I'm sure you have a lot of people that are going to all the shows, but if you need anything, you know. Oh, uh, we
1: might need some sticker passer routers. If, if I can send you a, a, a chunk of stickers for you to give out to people, that would uh, that would be a big help.
0: Yeah, we'll take care of that. Um, we're gonna make a little right. weekend out of it. Maybe we'll uh, yeah. pass them out at the, you know the, the zoo and the hockey hall of fame <laughs> and all the stuff <laughs> that we're going to. But
1: go every to the place space we needle go, and just smack it on a window. At the <laughs> space needle.
0: We always try to uh,
1: not Space Eatle. I'm sorry, CN Tower. Yeah, uh, I'm getting my Seattle all mixed up here. CN Tower. That's what I mean.
0: <laughs> Even the uh, the name of the stadium up there has changed. Like I always thought it was the what is it? The US, you know, the the Air Canada Center, and it's something totally different. I'm. Is it Molson? Maybe. Or, I can't. I can't keep track. Like I'm still a yeah. Tiger Stadium. You know, yeah. uh, Comiskey. Like I, I'm right. Joe Lewis Arena. Everything's old stadium names to me. So.
1: It took me it took me until the Mets got good for me to actually be like, OK, I'm calling this city now. This actually makes sense to call. I, I called it Shea for about 10 years,
0: though. Oh, yeah, because I would
1: too. <laughs> I, that's just, you know, I think a lot of the one where I see it the most is uh, because it's the same stadium is uh, people that are Indians fans calling. Progressive field now, uh, still calling it the Jake. Yeah. They refused to let go of the Jake.
0: It was one or two things in between that, too. Well, I I can't keep track. It's it's too hard.
1: Don't even like (laughs) the Giants ballpark that's (laughs) been eight different, Pac Bell and ATT Stadium, it's been like eight different names. Uh, Even um, the Mariners just changed theirs. Uh, Pearl Jam played there uh, in 2018, it was called SafeGo, and and those were known as the SafeGo home shows and now it's t-mobile park just like oh ugh. i wouldn't have and, even known that yeah the mariners being a green team and and that pink t-mobile sign outside of the stadium it's just it's a gross look i i just don't like it at all
0: yeah i, but, I can't we're lucky in detroit that all of our stuff i guess to the outsider they're kind of very plain we have little caesars ford uh, that's
1: not, you know, <laughs> yeah. That's not offensive. But, but it's not like the it's uh, branding. But yeah, yeah, it's not
0: like the Rhode Island that has like the yum yum donuts, KFC nonsense center. <laughs> yeah, like I, I yeah. can't do that. But yeah, the, the I can broad, handle the Providence. We can, we're okay with Comerica, Ford, and Little Caesars, the, the old pizza box. So
1: right. What's um. And what, what did they call the Pistons? Um, I know from the Ron Artest game that <laughs> they had. Uh, like, it, it had a name to it. Like, the the rumble at the yeah, it uh, was, whatever. It was
0: the Malice at the Palace.
1: Malice at the Palace. Thank you. <laughs> that's, right. Oh,
0: that's right. That's a dark day. Although a funny yeah. day. But they are now playing at Little Caesars. They don't play at the Palace anymore. So,
1: Oh, okay. I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, because I know that, um, yeah, they didn't play at Joe Louis. That was just the Red Wings. Correct. What
0: was it, Auburn Hills? Correct. About uh, forty-five okay. minutes north of the city, and if, I know my
1: stadiums.
0: If I'm monuments. ever on your podcast, we can talk about the Pearl Jam show there that I saw at the Palace. So we'll do it up. We'll dig we, into that a little later, a little off-air yeah, conversation. Not? As my dog is licking the carpet nonsense. Stop it. <laughs> Jesus, so you mentioned obviously a, a little bit of New York sports in there you're from New York, you're not from Seattle even though you're a I'm giant not. fan um right I'm also originally from New York um been in Detroit for thirty years, but I'm sure we're on the we're on the same wavelength we like the Yankees we like the Giants right like we're on the same
1: team here <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> you said like the two opposite teams that I don't root for. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Mets guy. I, uh, I'm not really into the NFL much anymore, but I grew up a Jets fan. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and I, I don't care about the Jets anymore. They don't give me a reason to care about them. So I, I've sort of let them go. And, and I did grow up on long Island, but, uh, I grew up a Rangers fan. Mm, uh, nice. Kind of, you know, kind of hard, to grow up in that era and, you know, when you see the Islanders and they they, they stunk in the 90s and they had the oh, yeah. Fisherman jersey brutal. and the, the Rangers won the Stanley Cup and it was like the biggest thing in this state that's happened that had happened in, in New York sports in years and years and years. And, you know, to be a seven-year-old and be on that wave, you're just like, oh, I'm going to love this team the rest of my life. And <laughs> thankfully, you know, sports-wise, I, I've uh, I've been to some I, – I had Rangers season tickets for a while, and uh, I got to go and see them clinch to go to the, to the Stanley Cup. They won the Eastern Conference Finals a couple years back against the Canadians. So I'm a huge Rangers and Mets fan, that's for sure. And in that era,
0: you might as well have been a Devils fan instead of an Islanders fan. I mean, oh
1: God, no! With the <laughs> trap,
0: <Ugh. laughs> no <Hey>. way, <laughs> Jesus, George, sit down. The dog wanted to uh, chime in and said that he's a big Martin Brodeur and uh, Scott Stevens oh, God. fan. So. Uncle Dad, <laughs> I think that's what he was saying. So
1: I think yeah. I think I might have to explain what what Uncle Dad is. <laughs> <laughs> that that Marty Brodeur fucked his.
0: Jesus Christ! Yeah,
1: sorry, <laughs> we're, I'm we're sorry. The first this is a bleep, PG podcast, or what?
0: <laughs> first bleep of the episode. Come on, <laughs> we're going
1: to take that right out. Man, I'm sorry. All right, we won't talk about Uncle Daddy.
0: <laughs> we'll just get right just into wrestling. Of, we're yeah. we're here about wrestling. We're not here as much as nonsense. We talk about sports and music and. Just anything that comes to mind, we're here to talk professional wrestling. So
1: Pro Wrestling.
0: Randy is a big fan of the pro wrestling. Uh growing up in the New York area, did you have any uh, you know, local ties? Did you see like live shows, anything good in Madison Square Garden? Where did you start with your love for the, the the sport of kings, professional wrestling?
1: To be perfectly honest with you, I've never seen a wrestling event in Madison Square Garden. Oh, Excellent. Lord. I've seen everything else. And, you know, at this point, like, yeah, they did Raw and SmackDown there a couple months ago, and I considered going. It was just, it was a weird time. It was around my wedding, so I, I, it just, it wasn't placed well, but they don't—they're not going to do pay-per-views there again. Um, yeah, it's tough because yeah, I, I just—I—I I, I fell into that weird spot where when I was watching wrestling a lot, it was when I was really young. So the closest that my parents would take me to is a uh, Nassau Coliseum. So I went and I saw my first wrestling show was a SmackDown in 2001. The main event of that SmackDown was Stone Cold versus Chris. I don't. I, can I say his yeah. name? Hey, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, am am hey, I well, allowed to say his name, to Chris be, Benoit?
0: To be perfectly honest, we had a Hall of Fame episode last year where we all picked who should go in the Hall of Fame, and I simply said. Chris Benoit, he would be well, my my number one. Who should be in due
1: there. to you know due to accolades, sure, but you know I, that's some pretty bad press right there. <laughs> well, uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't remember much of that show. I don't think anything of note happened. What I do remember though is I remember that at the time I was a huge Foley fan, and Foley was the commissioner, and Foley being from Long Island. Oh yeah, that's huge. It, Home- he wasn't even he wasn't even at the show Oh, <laughs> I was waiting for that fully hometown pop yeah. and I nothing he I think they did a because this is when Smackdown was being taped on Tuesdays to air on Thursdays and I think they did like a backstage segment with him that we didn't see in the arena where I, like fully it was in that time where they were turning over the commissionership to uh, to Regal and I think this was like an episode where Foley was about to be fired, or like maybe the next episode of Raw he was fired. So he didn't he didn't come out and get his pop or anything like that. It, it was really disappointing. And it actually wasn't until 2016 that I ever even saw Foley on the live stage, and it was. <laughs> When he be he was general manager of, of the Raw team, uh and I, I was I was thankful to see the uh the the draft uh, that was in Worcester. Not the original draft, but the one that marked this current brand Correct. split when right, right. Uh, Balor got drafted to Raw and uh, and SmackDown. I, SmackDown had a really shit draft. <laughs> uh, they drafted like Orton, Cena, and Ziggler. And, and I, I was just so appalled because I was really ready for SmackDown to be something different. And, you know... Owens and Zane and those guys that I thought were going to be featured on SmackDown all went to Raw and and got buried. So
0: and then two weeks later they were all just on each other's show and it didn't matter
1: anyway. So uh, th- actually no they they for like two years they they did a pretty good job of of not you know not intertwining the shows and then it was until the stupid ass wildcard thing That's bad. that you know
0: yeah I mean it was funny for a minute until literally on screen they're like. Is it four people? No, I think it's five. I don't know. Just openly admitted that they didn't matter. know what
1: they were <laughs> doing. The first day they said three, and then four showed up. I remember counting it for like the first two weeks, and then you know, like Elias, Elias showed up with Shane McMahon, but that didn't count because it's Shane McMahon and he was associated. With, like I don't, I. It's not even. We don't even have to get into that <laughs> stuff.
0: Yeah, we live in a <laughs> very, very weird complete time. mess. But
1: good. going back to like hometown stuff. Yeah, like I I used to see a lot of uh lo- local wrestling shows. There was a promotion called uh USA Pro and that was where a lot of people were getting their start, but it was kind of some people were starting to that were on the decline were were in there. Like uh I saw Bam Bam Bigelow in his last years, mm-hmm. uh Chris Candido. I probably saw Chris Candido's last match he must have died in, like, 2002, 2003. I, I, I must have saw one of his, like, final matches, because I, I just remember that news hitting and being like, I literally saw him weeks ago. Who else did I see? Uh, Like, Snuka was there. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Boss Mahoney. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of old former ECW guys. Crowbar, uh, <laughs> like, Disco Inferno like the 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 guys that didn't get into the WWF Invasion Angle they were all in this federation uh Little Guido who's uh, later Nunzio um and then there were some startups uh the one that really stands out the most was the Amazing Red oh yeah yeah he, I think he he was the one that was kind of the undercard talent there and I saw him at the time. I'm like, you know what? This, this guy actually has a ton of potential. He's, he's like five foot two, but he's got a shitload of potential. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, he's got, he's got a ton of potential and he actually turned into something. I, there was also a, a team called, uh, the SAT. Oh yeah. That I thought, I thought that they were going to be signed somewhere. And I, apparently I, I listened to an episode of the, of, uh, the Pritchard po- podcast and, and conrad was egging him on and and said why didn't you sign sat and they they said no interest <laughs> well it's because they can make 3 mi- 3 minute warning and it's yeah. basically the same thing that's that's what they were trying to say but yeah uh, like I grew up with all of it and um I grew a very, very fond of it around uh 2000 I think the first event I ever watched was WrestleMania 2000 and the first time I ever marked out was when Chris Jericho uh won the title uh against Triple H with the fast count from Earl Hebner and I just remember you know watching that and and I all I knew was that Triple H was a bad guy <laughs> and Jericho was funny, and Jericho was the kind of guy that I I would root for because you know he made snide remarks and and you know he he was in the rock and roll and and all of this stuff. So I quickly gravitated jer- towards Jericho as one of my favorites, and that still to this day is probably one of my favorite wrestling moments.
0: Yeah, no, that's that was a quality one. You have a lot in there to unwrap. Um, Yeah, (laughs) uh, right. I I think, go back, I think SAT and Red were in TNA. I think they got signed there, but they were mostly Ring of Honor, local stuff, not, they never made the big jump. Um, Right. Red is still wrestling. Did he just pop up on Ring of Honor. He just popped up somewhere, and he's still looking oh, don't good. Know. So
1: I um, I thought he was done. I thought he retired like a year or two ago. Yeah, but, like, I thought so too. Right.
0: But I, I've, recently, I saw his name, so I think he's been popping up here and there, not signed any big promotion. But it's right. Yeah, that was. I mean, that's an interesting era you were talking about, especially with the time and the place that you yeah. were at. Because, like, really tough to get a job at that time. Yeah, like the,
1: the, ECW and WCW were both done, so you really had to stick around your, your local area. You know, the, the guys that I, w- I was thankful to be around in New York where it was a, a territory where uh, you could get guys that were from ECW um, because uh, Boss Mahoney lived in New Jersey and Little Guido lived in Brooklyn. Um, you know, you did get guys like that. Uh, Mikey Whipreck lived on Long Island. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Roadkill, I think, was... Uh, uh, Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken. If if you're a wrestling fan and you want to go see local wrestling shows in the Midwest somewhere, I don't think that you have these guys that are traveling to even like a Chicago to go and perform a show because the money and the travel money is not there. It's not like the indies are now where there's money to go around. It just it wasn't the same.
0: Yeah, at that time, like you're talking... 2001, one, two, like you were getting the influx of WCW and ECW, where it's yeah. like, even a couple of years before that, you're looking Midwest, and you were talking like Greg Valentine and Tito and Haku, oh, like yeah people that are and, like way, you're, you're saying your guys are beyond their prime? They were just beyond their contract. Like our right. indie scene of like the late 90s, early 2000s was like, you know, the people who were 60 years old just trying to catch a paycheck. So
1: Yeah, you know, that's those... like
0: if Bret Hart were to wrestle today. Yeah, that's not yeah, that... what people want to see. But they no, go and they pay for it. They want to, so someone right. does. But the indie scene is totally different, different scene now, which is good, I suppose. Um, Yeah. Are you all WWE or do you watch AEW, TNA, Ring of Honor? You know, where's your where's your you know focus lie?
1: My, it's like it's eighty-five to ninety percent WWE. Um, When AEW started, I said, okay, let's dip into this. Let's let's not. Let's not make this a ratings war type thing where I'm, I'm going back and forth. And if I'm not interested in NXT, I'm, I'm heading over to AEW. I record AEW every week. Um, the problem was after a while, I just couldn't find the time. That's like too much. I, there's too much spend wrestling. A, yeah, you spend a lot of time watching wrestling. And you, when you don't have anything to watch and you're thinking about what to watch, the last thing on my mind is, hey, what wrestling show haven't I watched in a while? And look, I love Mox. And I love what they're doing with the, uh, the angle, uh, with the inner circle and stuff like that. But I just, I can't. I can't make it there I, I you know i i'm i'm invested and sadly i'm i'm invested in stuff in raw <laughs> and smackdown that i just don't want to be invested in yeah i'm sorry and, <laughs> yeah but honestly to me the first like AEW was interesting but it wasn't enough for me to be like all right i'm completely sold I'm 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 turning over. It, it, it's good wrestling. Don't get me wrong. It's good wrestling. It's good enough storylines, but it's not completely different than WWE. to make Right, it.
0: and and we talk about that all the time. Like it's not a choice. There's just so much out there. You don't have to say I'm watching this, not that. I mean, we watch right. those NWA. watch TNA? We watch. Yeah, it, I would love to
1: watch NWA Power at some point. Like it's, it's it just, good. It's real good. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it's it's like a throwback to the 80s and it's got some like cheeseball, you know, interviews and stuff like that. But I, I just I just can't I can't find the headspace to to say, let's watch power or let's watch MLW. Like yeah. I can't. I can't think about it. I, I would love to follow Tessa Blanchard's uh, title run now, but I, whoa, whoa, I just can't. I, I, talk, I, like, okay, so let's. let's. I, well, okay, yeah, she's very controversial, but it's still it's still important that a, a, a woman has won the uh, a main title in 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 a company. I understand. I, I, it still has an importance to it, so.
0: Just for reference, we can swear on here, but we are friends with the girl who outed Tessa, so we have to go on. Oh, okay. Uh, not on Tessa's side, so swear all you want. Okay. Just don't take Tessa Blanchard's side on any yeah, conversation. No, no, no. <laughs> uh,
1: that's uh, Look, I, I, I'm i trying to be uh, look, I'm you're very, as objective you're very as diplomatic. I can be on this, <laughs> and I don't know. I know enough, I know what's going on, but like, I'm not as... <sighs> I'm not. I'm not as fiercely as passionate about it as most people are. So uh, I'm. I'm taking it as well. Yeah, she said all these things, and and that's bad. But uh, I. I still. There's still some interest there, and and I. Sh- I shouldn't say that because you know I. I've been so anti Hogan for for so long <laughs> that like it makes me look like a hypocrite. But that's um. Oh. Yeah. I, There's no judge. Whatever. No, if okay. you want to cut the stuff out, then that's all. That's <laughs> no, all <you>. I'm, just, <laughs> I, I'm on I'm on your friend side. Let's
0: Um, we're just messing around. It's all good. All right. all it, right, it is right. it is interesting that she won the title and you know we were everyone's pulling for her, even though like it's it yeah. was a good story it just it went south quickly and, yeah right right but what are you gonna do so yeah alright enough about Tessa Blanchard the racist let's
1: <laughs>
0: um to let's ta- talk about Hulk Hogan the racist <laughs> he's the <laughs> real racist brother
1: God bless <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, anyways, let's go totally off topic of that, and let's try to stick on topic of where we were headed. We mentioned, we talked enough about Pearl Jam, we talked enough about wrestling, but the tie-in of the two to your podcast. Do you want to yeah. discuss why people should check out your podcast in the near future?
1: Yeah, well, this week, I don't know when you're airing this episode, but... Um... We actually just released an interview with, the, and this is a pretty hot commodity right now because he's in the dirt sheets and he's being talked about, but months ago, I reached out to him because there was a mailbag uh, from the Edge and Christian podcast, and I kept missing the mailbag, and I kept saying, Jesus, I, I really want to ask Edge about Pearl Jam because I've seen him. He wears the shirts on on a show, and every now and again he'll bring up some kind of reference on the podcast, and I'm just like, I need to ask Edge something about Pearl Jam. From there, this was on the the Live on Four Legs Twitter account. He followed us, nice and. I decided I'm like, you know what? I'm going to shoot him a DM. Just like, hey, look, you're a Pearl Jam fan. And, and, you know, the the point of our show is to talk about Pearl Jam fans and, and their experience with the band and their experience going to shows. Is this something that you'd want to talk about? And he was so just excited to, to even, you know, that, that he was even being offered that, that he said, yeah, like I get offered a lot of podcasts, but this is, this is something I absolutely, I've never been asked to do before. So yes, let's talk, let's talk about Pearl Jam. And uh, we released an hour episode and, you know, he talks a lot about, you know, where he was when he first heard them and, and what he, you know, the growing up with them. And it's really it's interesting stuff because, you know, if you're not a music person, I think a lot of people don't understand that, like music holds such a significant role in people's lives that they can go back to certain moments and feel a certain way uh, when they hear a certain song, they can, you know, if you hear I don't know a song like "Given a Fly." Uh, you can remember the, where you were the first time that you heard it. Um, it. It's such a unique thing that not a lot of bands have that. You know, there there are a lot of bands that have hits and people get really revved up about the hits, but when it comes to so somebody dive, like like Pearl Jam. Yeah it just, it has this, this sort of, it takes on this own character, this own feeling. And, and he talks about it a lot, just like how it's gotten him. And he's grown with the band through his life. Like being very young, you know, obviously when they came out of the grunge scene in Seattle, they had this very, this angry tone to him. Songs like leash and even flow had like this, you know, youth, angst anthem vibe to him. And then when you grow and Ed gets older and he's talking about subjects that pull at your heartstrings a little more, you know, what if I were to leave my family? What if, what if I were to lose everything I had, then, you know, that's sort of where your mental space is when you get older. So, you know, it's not like. You know, a Motley crew when they go back on tour after twenty years. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute here. No, now, no, I'm, no the crew. I'm giving you a good example. Uh, <laughs> like they're not going, and they're they're not saying like, man, uh, uh, they're not writing songs that are like, man, I, I really wish that we we didn't like. Uh, maybe that's a bad example. Uh, <laughs> they're they're not giving you like this like sense of you know, where they are in their lives now, they're, they're just trying to recreate what they had in the eighties that made them popular. And they're trying to give fans that nostalgic Pearl jam is not a nostalgia act because of that. They are, you know, they're they're That's what makes their music sort of stick with you. Um, is that they can, they can grow. And I appreciate that so much about them uh you know that's why i'm such a fan but like edge uh, if you didn't know I mean he's talked about music a lot but Pearl Jam especially is one of the bands that has really followed with him and he's made a point to to follow around the world and and go see all their shows as, as much as possible so we get into a real lot of good conversations there's a good story about Tommy dreamer in there um, yeah it, it's he's he's awesome to talk about and uh, we have a lot of content actually, so we have the one episode, and then the episode that's coming out on Wednesday is focusing on a Greenville show where the band played. The album verses in full, which is a complete surprise, and that was a show that Edge actually went to. Oh, nice. So we have some we have some quotes from him in there, and how he almost uh, was killed the night of uh, of verses. So Jeez. yeah, that that's it, it's a funny story, but uh, yeah, I, I make it sound a little more ominous. Uh, and <laughs> then we actually have some uh, extra extra stuff talking about you know the here and there of, of, uh, of his Pearl Jam fandom, uh, on our Patreon account that that's up right now. Well, so here we go. Now you're out. shilling your Patreon. Get out of here. it's, it's <laughs> all. It's, look, if people, if people want to go to the Patreon, we put on good stuff on our Patreon. I see other people and how they utilize Patreon is just like, well, we'll donate and, and we're doing this. So donate and we're like, well, if you're going to donate, we're going to like, give you way more than you should expect. And we don't do tiers or anything like that. So, you know, a dollar a month gets you everything that's in our catalog. And it kind of, we've built a community through a community. So it's, I'm not saying to be a <laughs> patron. Know, know. I'm not telling you to be a patron, but I'm saying if that's stuff that you crave, if you crave, you know, more, more of edge, then you know, and and if you want to cancel your service after putting in a dollar a month just to listen to Edge, go for it. Uh, you know, I I appreciate that donation because that helps us uh, do all, all of our promotion this upcoming tour, which is going to be a ton of stuff. So you know, like that's that's basically why we're trying to do it. We do it to even give back to the fan base even more. So there's a lot of stuff. That's my ultimate. Ultimately, there's a lot of stuff out there. Uh, that we have talking to Edge and and you know talking about Pearl Jam and Ed with Edge and and even I'll even hint you to this. Oh, nice! In the in the Edge episode, there's probably dirt sheet shit going around right now, talking about what's in this episode and and some of his quotes. So right. if you're if you're following up. That's uh and what's going on and and some of the things that have been saying about Edge. You may want to listen probably about a half hour into the episode because uh he'll uh he'll address things. Let's just put it that way.
0: All right. Little little teaser as we like to call little it. Little teaser.
1: Business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we
0: will check that out. I'll uh I'll put a link to that on our social media and in the show notes so everyone can check out the live on four legs with Edge when that comes out later this week. So that is Part of the reason why we had Randy here, because there was a nice little tie-in with his podcast and wrestling. Not just his normal love for wrestling, but, you know, there was a, it, a nice a It, n- it nice both poem. worked out, yeah. So, it all worked out. People, I don't think we ever talked about but uh, on our podcast, but we were supposed to do this episode last year. So we were. So I'll I'll tie everyone up, uh, a nice little bow here. Um, We're talking, if you haven't noticed, about... (laughs) We haven't said it yet, but you've probably read it in the show notes that we're talking about the Royal Rumble because we we are in Rumble season. Randy here is, as you can tell, passionate about everything that he likes, whether it's sports, wrestling, music. We call it nonsense. We call it nerding out. We we have a bunch of words for it with us, but uh,
1: it's stuff you can't really get a career off of. You know, of knowing things. No.
0: We, we didn't I don't,
1: <laughs> I don't know enough to be the greatest jeopardy champion of all time if 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 there was a greatest Jeopardy! champion of all time of the categories Wrestling, Pearl Jam, and the New York Mets, I would probably come in first place, but there's not. So. That, that's always the
0: joke. Like When we're watching Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam when we're watching <laughs> Jeopardy! here, it's like, man, it's going to be like that episode of Cheers where just everything that Cliff Clavin knows is on there, but God right. forbid if I was on there, it'd be like, 14th century art and Greek mythology oh, and I'd God. be like, well, I'll just I would just give up. I would just walk so off. So
1: they're, they're doing the application for like the online registration, uh, the test, and my wife wants to do it. And there's some categories that she's really, really good in. She's good at literature. She's good at Broadway. Um, uh, and But there's some that she just can't, you know, the geog- some of the geography questions like world geography, she's just like, I have no idea. <laughs> Religion, Nothing and I'm, I'm, I'm like, if you get on the show, you're gonna get everything that you're not gonna know because that's just what happens. Yeah, luck of the draw, it's terrible, right? I, it's not gonna be like that. Um, they had a category a couple weeks ago that was the WWE Slammy Awards, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole board is is already been empty, so they answer every single other question from every category, and there's just one row, the <laughs> WWE Slammy Awards, that have all of the answers that are still there to answer, and half of them. I mean, they're mostly stuff like, "Hey, this uh, this superstar named Dwayne Johnson, uh, you know, yeah, they, shit, they make it shit easy, like that, yeah, exactly, it was like they're they're pretty much." Uh, they're easy stuff for for us and wrestling fans, but for them, they're they're just like what? I I I don't know what what bands performed at WrestleMania on this year, and I don't know that that Donald Trump got stunned by Stone Cold. <laughs> like they they don't know that stuff. So right right it's, here it's, in
0: Detroit, WrestleMania twenty three. That's right. We saw that's the president. Right. Good t- <laughs>
1: Go Good tie-in, that. yeah. I mean, like, it wasn't the, then,
0: but yeah. There's a. The, I guess the second rule of the podcast is no politics, and we know your side. It right? wasn't.
1: Yeah, no, it wasn't. I, that wasn't really a political thing. Yeah, that it was just know. a uh, a knowledge thing. So <sighs> yeah, I'm not. Poli- <laughs> well, <laughs> that's 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 the end of that conversation.
0: <laughs> we have a. <laughs> this little spoiler alert. We have a political. Uh, opportunity to talk, have a good episode here in a couple months. So, oh, we'll, oh, no. Uh, it's going to be funny. It's not going to be, uh, you know, serious, but we're right. it, as soon as we thought of it, we're like, man, that's going to be real good. So, well, a little teaser good. for us for coming up, but we like to tease good luck a lot of things,
1: that. but we never do them. It's all good, good luck actually. with that and hopefully no bloodshed. Yes.
0: So, as we said, we are here talking about the Royal Rumble. So, the Rumble's coming up Next weekend, as you're listening to this, and uh, Randy has gone on, uh, last year he did it, and then he's updated it after last year's Rumble, he has a spreadsheet, which we definitely appreciate around here, lists yeah. and spreadsheets, of everyone who's ever been in the Rumble, and then he categorized them by how long they've been in it, how many eliminations they had. Uh, there's just a whole point total. And we'll have a, a link for that so everyone can look at. And you had an article up
1: online. did you have it like in a five-piece article kind of deal? I did. Yeah, I did. So that was kind of, I guess, last January I was looking for things to sort of fill my, uh, fill my day. <laughs> and I every single year i go back and this year has been a little bit less because i've just been you know the years go by and they don't feel like years so last year feels like i don't know a couple of months ago so i'm watching i go by and i i like to watch all the rumbles if i can oh yeah uh, sure. just the rumble matches and and having the network actually helps so much more because i used to i used to go out and try and dig on youtube and things like that and you'd get half of the rumble or you'd get just you know, a piece of Austin winning or something like that. But like, thank you know, WWE Network. Say what you want about it, but it's been uh, it's a game changer for, for sure. It absolutely is. So uh, I go back and I try to watch every Rumble, and I just kind of look for things and I look for moments, and I try to I try to watch and and see if I because I, I've watched every single Rumble since probably 2001. Uh, live at least, and I try to go back and I say, like, from historical significance, like, how important is this, was this to this year? You know, you go back and you look at something like 2011 and the 40-man Rumble that Alberto Del Rio Mm -hmm. wins, and you're thinking now, like, ooh, that was such a missed opportunity. You could have done, you know, CM Punk could have won that with uh, the the Nexus. uh you could have you could have given the opportunity to a young Daniel Bryan or or even, you know, just, just towing the line and just giving it to Cena that year would have been okay in retrospect. But that to me at the time it was a cool rumble because it was it was forty it was forty men and you had a couple of real big surprises with Booker T and Diesel, not even Kevin Nash, but Diesel. And I watch that rumble now, I'm like, this is flat. This is just you get all the guys that come out in that middle chunk there that just get eliminated by the Nexus, and and that's basically what they're using most of the time for the Rumble match to be. It's just it's a flat, flat match, and then they do the, like the jokey shit with uh with Hornswoggle, and I'm I'm not I'm not into that one. I, I go back and I don't have very fond memories of of the 2011, but then there are some that really do stand the test of time. You go back and, and even, you know, it's been four years now. Um, I'll, I'll go back and I'll watch 2016 just to see the AJ Styles reaction. And I remember at the time, you know, I try rumbles really hard. It's, it's a really hard event to do this, but I try to, to not, have mark out moments where I'm just I get up off the couch and I say oh my god but like (laughs) the AJ Styles one was absolutely that Uh, I was so excited to see Styles in there and you know I don't even um, is
0: there a moment in Rumble history that was even like that I mean obviously everyone has those throughout their life of watching but like in the actual match that's that's pretty high up there yeah I mean
1: the one that is kind of equivalent to that, would be Vader's debut in the 96 Rumble. But that, obviously the internet not being with rumors and, and stuff like that, there was nothing swirling at the time. I think they were teasing stuff on television, and I think they were teasing that Vader was going to be in it. And it had a big feel to it, but it had sort of a... You know, I think retrospect, you think of Vader's WWF career and it was really non existent. You know, it, yeah, like he had the shot, he had the chance where they were going to put the title on him against Michaels and then they changed it to Sid. And, you know, he really lost favor and I, 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 he wasn't having very good matches and he was towards the end of his career. And it wasn't the mastodon like WCW and New Japan had, and it just it it fell flat. But you look at this Styles four years later, and you're like, AJ Styles is a legitimate WWE star. You know, yeah, he's so one long he time had, had that actually worked. Sure, yeah, and and. I, he didn't even have that great of a 2016. He won. He won the title when he went to SmackDown, but like his first feud was with Jericho, and that was kind of you know. I think people didn't really enjoy that he lost to Jericho at WrestleMania. I think people were a little upset about that. But you look you look back at some of those moments, and when you see like up and coming star versus veteran, like a Jericho versus Michaels. Uh, from 2003, the the veteran usually wins that match.
0: Yeah, that's so, kind of like your uh, not your initiation in, but you can't just come in and and light the world on fire. You know, they it, right, they, they put you right. through a little bit of the ringer. That that goes with everyone,
1: right? And I and I think that Vince wasn't necessarily sold on AJ Styles being a main eventer. Really early on, I think that he liked him for that sort of, you know, upper mid card. I I, I think he wanted him to be where like Ricochet is now, but there's so many like he's he's so much more talented than that section. Yeah, you could. Yeah, and he has. And he has a great personality too. Like he's he's really good, much better on the microphone than uh, than people expected him to be in WWE, and they've given him opportunities where he's been able to be successful and either get the crowd on his side or get the crowd to be against him. Uh, it's really hard when you have a guy like Styles who everybody cheers for and they pop for when he comes out, and then he you know when he's with the OC now he's obviously healing and this is this is the AJ styles that I like here this oh, yeah. is the type of AJ styles that that's best he he makes the crowd turn on him and it's a very very tough talent to 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 have um, you know, uh, Rusev doesn't have that talent. I'll tell you, <laughs> well, no, Riffle he doesn't. Rusev is saddled he's saddled with he's the worst. so likable. He's so likable that people just gravitate towards him, and he, he can say, "Oh, you're not allowed to celebrate Rusev Day," and people be like, "Yes, yes, we're not allowed to celebrate Rusev Day. You're right. This is that's awesome." Uh, but anyway, let's 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 go back to the rumble. I feel like we've sort of gotten off track a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I've, your
0: your fanboyness for AJ Styles took over, but that's okay. Yeah,
1: a tiny bit, but that's that's all right. <laughs> I think people can relate. Um, yeah, no, his he's,
0: it, he's uh, actually like just for a brief second, it's hard to say. Like I can't even believe we're saying this. He's almost underrated. Like how is that humanly possible? But he is. I mean, like,
1: Shawn Michaels was almost underrated too.
0: That's that's kind of ridiculous,
1: like, but. I go back and I watch some of those Michaels matches and I say to myself, what the hell? Shawn Michaels uh, should have been like a a 16 times champion like Cena or <laughs> he should have at least had more than 1996 and 1997 to be the top star in the company, because it, when you get to the later years, he, he only held the title. Uh, after after the first retirement, he only held the title that one time. They won in, uh, in the chamber after the elimination yeah. chamber match. So yeah, he's a top guy in the company, but he's sort of like, you know, veteran top guy where he he's getting to be in main event matches, but he's he's he put over a lot of guys. He did. Jericho, Orton, Triple H, he put over all of them and just we, so, so we, he can be in the main event. We talk Cena we, too. We talk about it a
0: lot here that. It's really like based on the time that you fell into, like and time flies, like you were saying before. It's crazy that Michaels was on top for two years. Austin, yeah. was, Austin was on top for four years. Uh, that whole run was four years, maybe
1: long. four. But like John like, Cena has the been Rock there for was, the Rock was the top guy in the company come 1999. Yeah. It's and that, then he kind of
0: overlapped like he's got about the same range. But then you got yeah. John Cena is literally 15 years, like uh, give or take this year because he uh, this is the first year that he wasn't at a pay per view, so he kind of fell off in 19. But Christ, like his run and I think it's just based on you know number of shows, number of pay per views. There's a whole bunch of factors that you could argue, but like it is funny that people like Michaels are just. Such a short, not shelf life, but yeah, their their run is a lot tighter than than today's days. Right,
1: I think that I think that they got lucky with Cena because they wanted, they went for so long where okay, Michaels has two years, then Austin has a couple of years, Rock has a couple of years, you know that ruthless aggression in between Rock and Cena was kind of like. I don't know that maybe a little bit of Hogan uh, uh, resurgence and maybe a little bit of Triple H, but yeah, there Triple wasn't H really
0: Kurt Angle. Yeah, like, he was a, he that was kind of like he the hot heel. So. nothing against
1: those guys. It was just a hodgepodge of Angle, Benoit, right, Jericho, no, right? And then you have uh, and a perfect tie-in is that 2005 Rumble. I, I that has so much significance for so many different reasons because and. Overall, for being a rumble, it's an it's an okay rumble. Mm-hmm. It's not a great rumble. Um, you know, you, you get some moments that are cool, like the Eddie Eddie and Benoit starting out uh, is really cool, and the whole Daniel Pewter thing is whatever. But <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's a thing. But um, you know, and like a lot of those early people that came out are Hall of Fame guys: Mysterio, Edge. Uh, had an early appearance in that match. Um, Jericho had an early appearance in that match, and they do a whole thing with, uh, Booker T, I think came out pretty early. Uh, and they do a whole thing with Muhammad Hassan because he's a terrorist. Everybody has to throw him out of the ring. So, (laughs) um, but it's like, it's not a great match. it, it has guys that you aren't gonna remember. Your Luther Reigns, yeah. and Mark, I'm looking at Mark it right Jindrak, now.
0: There is some Kenzo funny. Suzuki, <laughs> uh,
1: Jonathan Coachman. For Christ's sake! <laughs> oh God, Coach! I, I I know Coach personally, and uh, he's he's all right. This is
0: vastly off topic. We'll tie it back in a second. You worked for ESPN, right? I did. Yeah, is that where your Jonathan there. Coachman tie comes in, or is that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I got to know him when I worked for a show called the Rosillo and Canell show. Um, whenever Rosillo or Canell would be off, one of the first go-tos off the bench. Actually, there were a couple. Um, one of them was Jonathan Rosenberg who we've seen on WWE television mm-hmm. before. He's n- not lately, uh, which is upsetting because he's such a, he's such a good dude. Uh, I can't say enough about him and um, you know, even outside, like I, I, I saw him at a bar after a takeover. I, I w- want to say one of the Brooklyn takeovers. I went to a bar to watch Connor, Connor McGregor fight. And he was there with uh, the guys that he does um, the ESPN podcast with and I went up to him. I'm like, hey, dude, what's going on? And he's like, oh, crap. I know you like he like didn't know my name, but he recognized <laughs> me. He gave me a big hug. And unfortunately, like 20 people were coming up to him to try to get autographs. And like I wanted to like say hi and chat with him for a couple minutes. but I'm just like, dude, you. You, you hang out with your fans. I'll, I'll see it work. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, but he's like he was really, he was a really, really good dude. Um, uh, but him and Coach would be sort of the replacement guys on the Russell and Canel show, and that's where I got to know them. And from there, uh, you know, there was a guy. He works for WWE now. His name is Ashok Moore, and he was producing all of those WWE interview segments that they did on Sports Center with coach. Oh, gotcha. uh, I want to say around like 2016 2017. So a couple of those interviews I actually got to be in studio to produce. Uh, so I produced the Alexa Bliss one and I did the American Alpha one. So those were those were cool. Like I got to Uh, I got to talk to that like, you know, overhead said I got to talk to them a little bit. So, you know, just kind of, you know, making sure that the segment is going in the right direction and coach knew what he was doing the whole time. Coach has his 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 deal. But, you know, it it just it was just cool because I I knew that my my other fandoms uh weren't necessarily um you know my hockey fandom with espN wasn't necessarily getting fulfilled there so to have a wwe tie i wanted to jump on as many uh wwe things as as possible and uh there there wasn't much and i think now it's kind of you know the coverage is kind of fizzled out a little yeah bit, it was but,
0: huge for like that little bit and then it just bit, yeah dude, like bo-
1: that, I don't even
0: without looking at the time frame just Again, something that we always talk WrestleMania about. Just,
1: 33, WrestleMania thirty three, WrestleMania thirty three, WrestleMania thirty two, like that. That whole time, like I was, tr- I was really trying to get involved with it. Um, was that but, really yeah.
0: just based on the era of Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar? Like,
1: well, like, am Brock I like, mix up years it, and but, stuff?
0: But I mean, that kind of overlaps. You know, like their coverage of. UFC, and then they brought that in, and now that they're not really the hottest things, it seems
1: like they're not on ESPN anymore. I think what it was was I think that ESPN wanted to get into the bidding because they knew that Raw and SmackDown, the contracts were coming up in a couple of years. So if they thought, hey, if we and and this was something that coach was pushing for a long time, he and I give him credit for this. He was really he went to Vince and he said, we should be talking about you guys on ESPN. And Vince was like, oh, well, I don't think they want anything to do with this. I would love I would love for, to get them to talk about this. And then he went to, you know, up, the higher up executives at ESPN and he said, we need to talk about WWE because, you know. If we get that fan base, there's a lot of crossover. There's WWE fans that are college basketball fans that are NBA fans that are NFL fans. So uh, me, but (laughs) Uh, um, He he was right, but I think the whole idea was to try to, you know, sort of get the coverage or enough coverage where they could be in the conversation once the contracts came up. And then last year, I think, I think what happened was wrestling was really starting to fizzle out. It, it had that moment, 2016, it felt like it was pretty big. There was a lot of stories going on, like outside of wrestling where, uh, you know, it, it felt like you were getting to know personalities a little bit more. And, you know we we used to get emails all the time of like this is your your wrestling demographic <laughs> they they have barely graduated high school they've <laughs> they're they of this color and they're of this race and I'm like well that's not fair because i i'm sitting here and i've graduated from college and uh you know i have a friend that is in um in business school right now that graduated from Yale undergrad, and he's a huge wrestling fan. So I, it made me feel like you're trying to cater to, you should be catering to everybody with this and not catering to, you know, your specific uh, demographics. And I I didn't like how they were doing that. Uh, But, you know, 2016, 2017, I think they were really trying for it. And I put the blame on WWE for not staying interesting. I really do. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other... Talk about a whole other
0: topic of conversation. No,
1: I'm serious, though. Like, how many times have they just shot themselves in the foot with, with even guys that are not going to be main eventers, but like the one thing I agree with Vince Russo on literally one thing that I can agree with Vince Russo on is everybody that's on your roster. You have to involve in something or you have to relate to them or know something about right. them. And Let's, to just tie like, this into the rumble, one of my favorite parts about watching the rumble and old rumble matches, if you get like a 1998, JR and, and and Jerry, and they're calling the match. But the best thing when you listen to them is that JR for every single person has a character trait to mention about them, or he says. Well, here comes Mark Merrow. He's had some problems with Goldust Air lately.
0: <laughs> yeah, you everyone know? had like, a story. Like, and Russo's yeah. brought that up about even just Attitude Era. You, we go back and you watch something from that, like a Raw. It's not the greatest wrestling, per se, but A, the crowd is crazy, because they n- have a story about all the way down to Val, Venus, and Kai and Like, They care, you're not right, just, they care about yeah. things. <laughs> now the wrestling is, and, is... We don't want to knock well, the current, but like, yeah, if you just pull up, if you just name someone right now, like, you brought up before Ricochet. Like Ricochet is perfect example. What's he doing, right? Is he, like, awesome? Do we all like watching him, but... If he jumped sure, in a run- he's a good wrestler, <laughs>
1: but you can't being a good wrestler is not is is not is barely passable these days. Yeah. It's passable on the Indies and I you know it's it's discredit to ricochet because he should be part of the conversation but unfortunately, he can't talk. No, see. he can't. He doesn't have a personality, unfortunately. See, I'm not going and that far. Come on, now. I'm more what? saying
0: like, if the rumble was filled with 20 people and he jumped in, to your point before Jr. could say like, and he has a history with dot dot dot. Like, sure, there's right, no like but... memorable. Like AJ Styles would be the only
1: one because they went back and forth, right? Or sure, maybe, or or you can say some of his NXT stuff if if like Adam Cole or, or, or Alistair uh, Black was You in know, there. he teamed with Alistair Black. Yeah, you can say that sort of thing. But really, Ricochet has been very stale. On and I I know he was high on Paul Heyman's list for a while, but I, I just I I want I think he can be more of a personality than he is. And then the old- they've got to work out. They got to work yeah. on. They got to find what works for him. And, and either it's like getting him a manager. I don't know, like put Stokely Hathaway with him. And I think he they mm-hmm. freaking go to the moon. But, you know, do something with him to 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 make what's actually interesting about him feel good. Because right now doing 450s off the top and, you know, and doing doing swantons and, and doing topes, like, that's all great stuff, and it's all really exciting, but that doesn't get people to love you. Yeah. That just gets people to, like, watch you, essentially.
0: I, no, I, I agree. You know where There's I'm coming a storytelling element that that's not there, and he can have a million great matches with a million great people, but it's not... I and like that goes back to how together. good
1: AJ Styles is, yeah that AJ Styles has... Pretty much all of what Ricochet can have, but he is a, f- no pun intended, a phenomenal <laughs> storyteller.
0: So, and you were saying like some good things to go back and see in Rumbles. We always joke about like, no matter what year it is, you. See Tito Santana and Rick Martel meeting in there, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, like that's a it's big great. Deal. Or Gennetti and Michaels, like you've always the, the Rumble is the time for old stories, even for two seconds to pop right. up, and it's
1: like, wow, that's right. real fun. I funny. love that. I love that. I think I actually think that one of the biggest missed opportunities was in 2017 where Orton won the Rumble. The last two should have been Orton and Lesnar. Yeah. And there's so because many stories you can tell. Lesnar with... beat him to a bloody pulp, and that that story never had any closure to it. No zero. <laughs> and and grant granted, the whole Lesnar and Goldberg thing, you needed to get that over. And I I, I get it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I get it. I don't like it, but I get it. But think about them being the last two in the ring, and then Michael Cole could have been like, "Oh my God!" Yeah, remember the when. last time we saw? Like they don't think that way anymore. They, they just think like what are we doing right now what what's going to look good on our television right now? And they're, they're, you know like I, I give them credit for things you know anytime that Kevin Owens and, and Sammy Zaman are in the same room, it has that tension of they have some past history, but they fail to do it with others you, you yeah. know like um, what story am I thinking of? Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of when Nakamura and Rusev teamed oh, last Jesus. year. <laughs> yeah. Literally they were feuding for like two or three pay-per-views. They, you know, they traded off the US Continental title, whatever title it was, yeah, I, because you know, I just don't remember no at this remembers. point. That's okay. Both of those both of those titles have become useless. And I'm hoping that Andrade can revive that because I I love Andrade. I think he's he really is he's one that they should be should focusing be. on for for that role. Andrade and Adam Cole are to me uh, in 2025 should <laughs> be main eventing a, uh, a WrestleMania like and if and if they're not it's it's a massive mistake.
0: I'm sure and under, on, Undertaker and. Uh, Ken Velasquez will be
1: there, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Jeez. Oh, you know what I said, you know what I've been saying? I, I've been saying, look, you have opportunities to do those matches, you can do them right in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And it'll be perfect because like you could do Undertaker and, and Goldberg or or Roman Reigns and Goldberg. I think that one has been like sort of hinted at. And if they do Roman Reigns and Goldberg in Saudi Arabia, I'm like, cool, because <laughs> First of all, I'm not going to watch it, because I think the Saudi Arabia shows are are horrible, and uh, <laughs> that's just my political take on there it. There we go. <laughs> uh, you know, again, yeah, I'm not going to get that much further into that, but... Um,
0: they're also on yeah, at like 2 in the morning or whatever oppor- like, we're not watching that it's
1: it's that opportunity yeah it's that opportunity to have those shitty wrestlemania matches like <laughs> the lesnar versus goldberg that <laughs> that's
0: give them what they should Saudi call
1: arabia it. because they will enjoy it but give us at wrestlemania give us aj styles versus adam cole because we will enjoy that
0: the tagline so, should just forever be okay. crown jewel, the shitty WrestleMania. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they said bigger than WrestleMania. They've said that before. Yeah. Greatest wow. Royal rumble, the greatest Royal rumble of all time. What is it going to be? Greatest survivor series, <laughs> 15 men on each team. Uh, that's, Walter that's, gets eliminated so, first. Still
0: something that I was slightly disappointed with your list about is that there's no greatest Royal rumble.
1: You don't count that. In your. I did uh, no, <laughs> no, no, uh, and I counted the first Royal Rumble, and, um, the, which was 20, and I counted the, uh, the 2011, which was 40. No, to me, I'm very much a traditionalist, and I think that, to me, it's about, and, and not every single Royal Rumble had this, obviously, but it's about January and the road to WrestleMania. Oh, for sure. And it's about, you know, uh, Who's gonna Who's gonna win to to challenge uh, for the title at WrestleMania? Um, that to me is the traditional. Uh, I'm not saying the greatest Royal Rumble wasn't great. I'm just saying that it was kind of it was kind of a one off deal. It was <laughs> I'm, you know it was sort of a made for TV special. While these were, you know, um, it was the Star Wars Christmas special.
0: Right. Uh, it's I, not part of the trilogy. I couldn't even tell you. So. Braun Strowman won. Was that? Did he, yeah. And then that was the one where Daniel Bryan was in it for forever and ever,
1: right? Oh yeah, yeah. I think he came out number one, and I think he lasted until the like second the to final last, four.
0: third to last, like.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think the last four were Braun, Big Cass. Uh, Daniel Bryan, because that feud was going on, <laughs> and I think Ke- I think Kevin Owens was was actually in the final. Sounds four of that, so.
0: vaguely familiar. I can't say I watched it. Like we always joke about, you know, there's the Attitude Era and the Golden Era. The, this is the GIF yeah. Era. Like I watched that whole thing probably in GIF form on Twitter.
1: That's a really good point. I I, I like that because I've equated I've equated that to soccer and how people like soccer. But I don't know if people actually sit there and watch a whole soccer match, but boy, if you get a, a nice looking goal, it sure does look good on the internet. Yeah.
0: Well, I you have know?
1: I have friends who watch the entire soccer game, so okay. I, I, <laughs> there are people. I, I know that. Yeah, I, I it's not just, nice. Right. Uh, you wanna get back to this list though? <laughs> oh, you mean <laughs> I feel like we've done like a t- total of maybe Six seconds of talking about it.
0: Well, so (laughs) that's pretty much what we do on every episode. We divert into the nonsense. So, yeah, so we're, you know, usually it's it's my job to uh, steer us back, but it's kind of hard to uh, rein you in over the phone. But (laughs) that's okay. We just we we go into the abyss that we're you know everyone wants to hear about so Right. Uh, so
1: why don't why don't I go over some like some how the points sure. are Ex- calculated
0: so explain this list cuz i just as you're talking i just keep looking at different stats and i we love yeah. lists so like just to go back listeners to us know we often do a five count so that's like our top 5 of whatever um we just yeah. I'm always making
1: lists. If
0: it's like the movies I've seen, uh, this or that, favorite sports teams, favorite whatever. Oh, like, I'm,
1: I'm the same way. It's, it's part of the nerdism, you know, like you can't get enough of something. So how do you fulfill that, uh, that urge, that urge to talk about something? And, and it's something that you can do. With yourself, you don't need to make lists with friends to feel fulfilled. Uh, it's nice to, but I made this, and I made this to 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 write articles about it and to show people. But I did it because I I legitimately, I, you know, you can say that Stone Cold is the best Royal Rumble competitor of all time, but but let's prove it. Let's. <laughs> when a the statistical proof? <laughs> right. Yeah, because he was only in six Rumbles. And, you know, you have guys out there like Jericho. Jericho was in 10. Um, Kane was in 19. Undertaker was in 11. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, somebody further down the card, somebody like Ziggler, uh, if he's in the Rumble this year, that's his 12th. That's crazy. If Kofi's in the Rumble this year, it's his 12th. If if Miz is in the Rumble this year, that's his 12th. So... I wanted to take all those because it's it's hard to say, like, you know, with six Rumble uh, – how many Rumbles have there been? Like 31 or 32, something like that? Oh, it started in 88, so – Yeah, we're at like 32 or 33. Yeah, you're the math. If, if, yeah, <laughs> I, I, if, they,
0: if they put it up as the anniversary, it would be wrong, which – my co-host Chris always makes fun of me for because I hate when they say that WrestleMania 25 was the 25th know,
1: anniversary. The 25th it anniversary. It WrestleMania. Please
0: do the math, but
1: <laughs> no, you're not born. You're not born as one.
0: <laughs> so we will we will not uh, look bad by saying how many there've been. There've been 30 plus right now. So
1: right, right. Um, but like to think six is a very small percentage of all of those, you know, uh, Stone Cold's career, we talked about it before, was, was kinda, It was smaller compared to others, and I wanted to see where other guys that hadn't won manias, uh, that hadn't won rumbles, but uh, a guy like Jericho is a really good example because he's not a powerhouse. He's Most of his rumbles, if you look at his stats, so what I did was I put these in categories of where you would get points for elimination, you would get uh, half a point. For every guy that you've eliminated. So I wanted to, uh, because they're, look, I I didn't want to heavily weight it towards guys like Kane, because, you know, Kane would be number four on this list if it were one point per elimination, because that's 43 points. Yeah. That's. It's so much, so half a point, and and some of those you have to register are you know multi man eliminations where Kane and The Undertaker, those are tough. Kane and Big yeah. Show, right? So uh, and I just counted them all as, as one, um, and, but and I also counted <laughs> points. You don't want to
0: discount the people who uh, hide under the radar just because you don't throw anyone out, like you're being the road dog and you're just hiding under the bottom row, so like <laughs> right, that, right. That, that takes smarts. That's equally as important as just tossing it, 50 people and not
1: winning so it is it's, and, it, it and out. it's a and it's a stat uh and i'll get to like the only thing that was uh really the hard thing to to count here but um so i went in little intervals of time because i said there are two important aspects all well, three really uh of of a rumble statistic one is obvious it's the win and every win was three points. So Austin, right off the bat, has nine points. Right, that's uh, literally right the most important. Most important I would say. I agree. Right. Uh, of course. So that's that's a huge statistic. That's going to give you numbers no matter what. Eliminations gives you half a point. So that's a really important number. Obviously, if you've the longevity part, because Kane has been in nineteen, he's eliminated forty three. Uh, Austin has been in six. He's eliminated thirty six. Like that's you know Austin really is more valuable than Kane in that aspect and I'll get to that in a second with the time so I made intervals of time where you would either get Deducted points, negative point values, <laughs> or positive point values based on how long you've lasted. So oh, you great. have the under under 30 second category where if you were if you walked in, walked out, basically, Santino Morello, the <laughs> warlord, um, you know, Titus No O'Neill, whoever who, <laughs> she one year. <laughs> yeah, right. Those those guys. So under 30 seconds was all uh, negative two points. Under two minutes. You know the the guys that maybe stay in. You know, uh, I don't know. You've had Bray Wyatt in there before, where you know guys have come out and he's sort of beat on them for a little while, and then right before the next guy comes out, he he's eliminated. Oh yeah. Uh, you know they they do those tropes every year. Uh, so that was negative one point. Uh, you have your ten to twenty five minute guys. Uh, Um, if you lasted in a rumble for ten to twi- 25 minutes, there, it that's that's uh that's neutral. There's no points given for that. It's sort of you know your your Alberts that are there to, you know, sort of fill fill up the ring. Yeah, like hey, we need <laughs> a big guy ring. just to just to push somebody in the corner, just to you know, hey hey, you two. You two be in the ring so when uh, when Brock Lesnar comes out, he can eliminate five people at once, yeah. you know, and it can seem impressive. Uh, the, so there are no points given to people that have been in there for 10 to 25 minutes. But 25 minutes, I felt like, was a really good spot where you can say, hey, this guy's been here for a really long time. You know, that's people don't have matches for 25 minutes. And I think one of the best examples of a guy that really had some nice runs in Royal Rumbles that doesn't get talked about enough Greg is Cody Hammer Rhodes. Valentine. <laughs> well, yeah, Valentine's up there, too. Cody Rhodes, his numbers, he's been in eight, eight rumbles, one rumble for under 10 minutes, four in that 10 to 25 mark, and I think most of those were as stardust, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I would assume so, yeah. But there were some rumbles where he was, you know, doing the Cody Rhodes, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever gimmick that was, where he was, um, he had the face mask. Yeah, Dash uh, uh, um, yeah, dashing Cody Rhodes. Wear, yeah, dashing Cody Rhodes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You wear this paper bag to hide your face. I actually like so that. So funny. I, That's uh, underrated yeah. right there. It really was. And um, so there were a couple of those rumbles between like 2012 to 2014 before he did the Stardust character where he would enter at number three or four and he would last until, you know, the... The, uh, john cena would come in and and eliminate because that that would look good on john cena to, to eliminate one of the ironmen of the match and he's been an ironman of, of that match a couple of times yeah. um, quick, so had- i'm doing a quick glance and other than
0: michaels he may be second for combined 10 to 25 and 25 to 50 because he's done four in the one and then three 25 and over like
1: He's yeah, up. There. Kane has Kane has seven. Kane has seven in ten to twenty-five and he has one where he has one Iron Man match where that was two thousand uh two thousand one where that was that oh, was yeah. his that was his breakout performance in the raw he, el- that he, got, he just eliminated yeah. UCW as a whole. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Andrew Carey and the Honky Tonk
1: Man. Hey, we're
0: we're skipping ahead there. We're, we we're going to get to them in a minute. Don't you worry.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so but no. Yeah, yeah that's a good stat. But,
0: like the whole breaking them down in those minute intervals, like the, the it is interesting to see who has lasted that long.
1: Yeah, so I so I gave Anybody that lasted over 25 minutes, uh, half a point. And anybody that lasted over 50, I gave them a full point. So you see guys up there like Jericho and Mysterio both have two uh occasions where they lasted over fifty minutes. Oh, how um, does uh, Triple H has two. Yeah, how does Triple H I'm just I'm looking at that as you're going through them. I'm, um one of them is two thousand and six. I think he came out number one. Uh he was there with Mysterio for pretty much the whole time. Uh, yeah and the other one I would I just wouldn't have guessed that. You know that's 50, like a ah, man. I can't remember uh, maybe was it 2009 where he – it was him and uh, Randy Orton where – the that, that was uh, pretty much the precursor to the Randy Orton Triple H feud that happened at WrestleMania where he, he punted oh, uh, Vince in the head yeah. and, and all that stuff. God, was he um, that one that long? I just can't – He entered at number eight or number seven actually because I think it was Triple H entered at number seven. He kind of – Yeah, they did this thing with Vladimir Koskov for like two seconds and then uh, I remember specifically that Orton was number eight in that Rumble because in the Rumble pool, uh, <laughs> I had I picked eight and I won, let's, you know, a significant amount of money from my friends.
0: Let's go backwards and just say that you, <laughs> that you and your friends have a Rumble pool, very similar to what we have. So, oh yeah, we're, we're really just we're all the same. Like your group and my group are the same. We just are spread I've out by two a thousand them. miles. Like it's. I
1: yeah, I, I've, I've I think I've done it like now. Now it's just my wife and I like we don't live around uh, many people that I know that that are huge wrestling fans. So it, my wife and I will uh, we'll pick and then we'll do I think this year we're actually doing something different. I, I came up with an idea where you pick a number and then you go to the pool of people and then you pick what person is going to come out that mm. number. And then if that if that's what happens, like you, you know, say say you actually get the number twenty eight, and Roman Roman Reigns comes out twenty eight, then and and he wins, then you know you're you're a big winner. But you know you could pick the guy, and you could have the. I don't know what what we're gonna do with that. Have but, you have you seen yeah, where
0: you pick one to 30 of 30 your friends, and that person you get. Either women's or men's, you have to get a tattoo of their logo. Oh, <laughs> no. Of oh, the winner's logo? Uh, or No, just, it, if, num- if your person wins, yeah, <laughs> which would be ridiculous. I wouldn't want to walk around with whoever. It's a win-lose situation with that one.
1: Yeah, I don't want to walk around with an RKO tattoo. I'm cool. This
0: year maybe you'll walk around with an edge tattoo. Oh, spoiler alert, right there. Oh, uh, never mind. We'll
1: just just listen. Just listen to my episode. <laughs> we will. I
0: I don't know. Well, it's still early. I don't know how I feel about people coming back from injury like that, but that's a whole nother conversation for another day. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah.
0: Now back to the points uh, you were talking. Yeah, the the minute intervals you get different points because that's obviously important eliminations yeah and, and
1: i think it's i think it's sort of it's a little bit it's a little bit slanted in favoring those people that like if you're an ironman like say say you come out 19 and you last until the final two that doesn't necess- that doesn't give you the same points as an iron man does. So it's a little, it's a little curved on that, that way, but it's not like those people don't get points. Uh, I'm just, you know, I, I, there's a, there's a thing that I have a real affinity for the guys that come out number three and can last for the whole time. Like, 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 yeah, like I think the most disappointing thing about last year's Rumble, um, it's I, I went back and watched it. It's kind of a cluster, you know what? Um, uh, the only two Iron Men, so to speak, that that lasted for over twenty five minutes were Rollins and Mustafa Ali, and I don't know. Like Rollins came out at number ten, and it didn't feel like this moment that. You know, when Rollins came out, and first of all, the match happened at midnight, so yeah, if if the crowd is not getting popped, uh, you know, Jarrett's your pop for the match, and that's it. Uh, But, like, Rollins coming out number 10, that should have been, like, a massive roar, and it was just kind of like a, hey, burn it down, yay. Like, (laughs) it's not like a, okay, we're about to see the winner of the Royal Rumble come out. business is picking up, as they say. Right. Uh, and I, I, I have a feeling that this year is going to sort of be the same thing, that it's just not, you know, outside. I, I really think that, you know, there's a there's a want and there's a think. And my want to win the Rumble is Kofi um, I because it's a perfect storyline I want, or at least for Kofi, you know, you get Lesnar is going to be number one. And number two is probably going to get eliminated in two seconds. Yeah, that's a whole –
0: th- that's something – I'm a little behind on Raw, but, like, God, that is weird that he's going number one. Like, where are we going with that?
1: Well, that's the thing. I, I think it, it leads to interpretation where you could still have a winner and you can still build to a story with Lesnar. Because, honestly, you had, what, three weeks to possibly build an opponent for him? And he's pretty much faced everybody that there is to face on Raw, and you don't want to waste like the the guy that he hasn't faced is Kevin Owens. That's the match that you want, either Kevin Owens or Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, yeah, I can, I'm
0: down with Drew McIntyre for sure. That's those are those are two
1: matches that I want. So you mean you don't want Tyson th- Fury? We're not getting Tyson Fury. He's he's facing Deontay Wilder in yeah. February. He doesn't have time for this shit. Um, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Oh, good shit, man. Good shit. Yeah. Um, it's,
0: it's, it, I guess that's the good and bad thing, right? Like, the Rumble gives yeah. you so many opportunities for what-ifs, but then in this day and age, it gives you so many opportunities for Twitter to complain about it, so...
1: Uh, Of course, but the one thing I think everybody would be on the same page for is if, like, Lesnar eliminates the first five guys, no problem, and then number six, Kofi comes out, and, you know, he does some of, you know, he does one or two of his, like, miraculous... Uh, you know, say, uh, you know, rumble saving mm-hmm. moments, and Lesnar is just getting like furious with him that he can't eliminate him because he beat him in eight seconds, uh, for the title. And then, you know, maybe somebody like a Cain Velasquez comes out at <laughs> number Christ. seven or eight, and because that's probably what's gonna happen. And then Brock gets distracted by that, and then. Kofi, the the ultimate rumble trope. Oh, somebody's music hits, a distraction uh, gets gets laid out. Kofi dumps him over to the, over the top, and then you have two different fights going on where he's distracted by Cain uh, Velasquez, but then he's got Kofi that he can pull under the ring and 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 take Kofi out, and he can you know come back later in the match and possibly win. Those are things that could happen. What's probably going to happen is that Cain Velasquez is, is kind of come out like number 30. and is... I, I don't
0: like any of these conversations. None of these sound good.
1: <laughs> well, you don't like the weird. Kofi bit?
0: No. I mean, I don't like that every conversation is Cain Velasquez is going to. And then it's like, oh, well,
1: I, I can do with that. you have to sort of – here's my thing is – the more you say it, the less of a letdown it's going to be when it actually
0: happens. (laughs) Oh, that's an interesting proposition. Yeah. I,
1: I don't know though. Like that's, I just, I think they want to do big things with him, but they spoiled it so much after a really hot start at SmackDown. And then they're like, okay, well it's going to be in Saudi Arabia. And that, and that, Unfortunately, to do that, you're alienating half of your fan base because a lot of the fan base won't watch the Saudi Arabia stuff or just doesn't have a tie to it. And then now, where's he been? He hasn't been anywhere. Nobody's even mentioned his name on the programming. And there's no hunger or desire for Cain Velasquez to get his revenge on Brock Lesnar because he looks so freaking bad in that match.
0: Yeah, and even to say, like, to get his revenge, the normal fan, I'd be like, revenge for what? Because I didn't see what happened. <laughs> like, it's almost right. like it might as well have been a house show. You know what I mean?
1: Ex- exactly. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it, nobody, nobody really th- can tie into that because they have no emotional attachment. I honestly think, like, if that happens and Cain Vel- Velasquez eliminates Brock Lesnar. I don't think there's really any cheers. I don't think there's really any booze. I think there's like, oh uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of that. Yeah. It's, it's not a, that it's would not a almost, Roman Reigns. It would almost set up the,
0: for their match at mania. And then you're, does it, that's, that's a whole nother topic. But then does that automatically mean, well, whoever's winning now, we know is going to be a SmackDown person or it, it also is based on when yeah. in the show this is like, you always say, right. like, oh, I think Kofi's going to win, right? But, like, if Daniel Bryan beats Bray Wyatt earlier in the show, does that change your pick? Because you're like, oh, that can't happen. And then, oh, God forbid we have an elimination chamber in three weeks and they change the title again. Like, it's <laughs> it, it makes it – it's fun. I hate to say that we're complaining about, like, them giving you more content and more things yeah, that change, the, but it's, it's harder to predict, which I guess is good. yeah.
1: This year, this year is not easy to predict. I, I I just, I really don't want it to end with Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns. <laughs> I really, please don't. So we're, that's we're funny. getting that again at this show. And then we have to see them again. Like, can't they just, can't Baron Corbin come out like 12th and then Roman come out 20th and and eliminate him? And maybe they have one final match on SmackDown and then that's it. I just want that all to end. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's I funny that the you dog food stuff. I hate It's, it's funny that it's you bring that funny. up
0: because like, as I'm looking at the card and who's announced, I was thinking about your list and, I would almost give—this would be hard to do— give points for people who worked the match earlier in the show. Like, we loved when, like, Greg Valentine yeah, and that's... Ronnie Garvin would wrestle, and then he comes trotting out to do double duty. And the only <laughs> double I... duty is Roman Reigns and, and Corbin that, that I'm seeing yeah, right now. unless
1: Sheamus, Sheamus and uh, Shorty G. Well, yeah. I'm okay with—well, whatever. But, unless they enter the Rumble. I, I love when— there have been times in the Rumble, and I can sort of think... I remember this moment because I actually just watched this Rumble. Uh, 1999, I think Billy Gunn faced <laughs> somebody for some title, and his foot was hurt. So, you know, they, they hit the, the, the Outlaws theme, and Billy Gunn is running to the ring, and he's hobbling. He's selling that yep. injury that he had from earlier that night. Um, there's another one, 2000, where... Um, the APA enter the rumble and immediately they go after uh, the outlaws again, and they're distracted by the mean street posse for whatever reason. And the outlaws eliminate <laughs> them because they face them earlier in that night. It's just a good tie into that. Right. And unfortunately you have so many guys now that you, and and now you have a women's rumble oh. to get through too. Yeah, so that much it's, Yeah, there you can't you gotta get the rumble should be the time to say, Okay, Humberto Carrillo, here's your here's your shot. We're giving you fifteen minutes in this rumble. What can you do? Uh, you know, like Buddy Murphy. What can you do in this rumble? And you know, uh, N- the only NXT problem, guy.
0: the only problem I have with that, which is a real funny line from uh, Luke Gallows, is that every battle royal really just turns into everyone standing in the corner and throwing forearms. Like
1: it's, you that's have to, Pretty much it.
0: Yeah, but in instances like this and guys like that, you almost have to clear it out, and it, it's hard to give a full time to but show they, what you got to do. But it, it is. You know, the old saying that they give you 30 seconds and you can't complain. You have to take that
1: 30 seconds and
0: make what it's worth.
1: Even if you're just thrown over the top rope, make it look like a good bump and maybe somebody remembers it.
0: I remember when Taka hit the ground with his face. Oh
1: my god, yes! Yes! Um, Yes. Also to go
0: back to yours, you should get
1: a point just for that.
0: (laughs) Well, now we're getting into our Royal rumble drinking game where there's nonsense like that. Everyone gets a shot. Um, to go back to your rumble reference, uh, Ken Shamrock beat Billy Gunn by submission. And then when they both came in the rumble, they came out back to back. Like that's perfect.
1: You know, it it tells a story. I love that. I love that. Um, Oh, another one came to mind, uh, and I just lost it. Oh, you know what? You know what was a great one? When Angle faced JBL for the title, and then Angle was a surprise entrant, and Angle. Comes in, he suplexes everybody. And and this is going to get me to my next point about what the rumble should be used for in a second (laughs) angle comes in. He suplexes everybody in sight. It's huge. The crowd pops. And then Shawn Michaels comes in, dumps him over the top. And that leads to that incredible storyline that they had that culminated at WrestleMania. That's what the rumble needs to be used for. And, there have been so many instances where things like that have happened. Um, go back to 2010. The Miz and MVP fought for the <laughs> U.S. Eurocontinental, whatever title they were fighting for. So and it was a it was a feud. It was a mid-card feud. I don't remember who came out on top, but uh, the, the I only remember it who was the that. champ. The Miz. Okay, yeah. I, I was going to guess The Miz because that was around <laughs> the time he was about to win the Money in the Bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so, The Miz enters the Rumble at like 16, uh, and, and <laughs> he's attacked by MVP. Or no, you know what? I think it's the other way around. MVP is about to enter the Rumble. He's attacked by The Miz, and then The Miz enters the Rumble three spots later, and immediately MVP jets to the ring, and and he you know, does the, the Foley tumble where both of them mm-hmm. go over the rope at the same time do do self-elimination. Um, that kind of moment should have led to a bigger match, and I don't remember that, that feud ever continuing to, to be anything important. No. It was just sort of like putting a bow on whatever happened that night.
0: Yeah, it's not like and that, was, that was their WrestleMania
1: moment following that, No, but. no, they don't. For, what from last year? What came out of anything from last year's Rumble? There was nothing from the Nia Jax stuff because they, they decided, you know, they did. They tease something with Ambrose they, they and that you one. Know, away. Yeah, right. Uh, there was nothing from uh, the women's match that. You know, like, Mandy Rose and, and Naomi had had a feud going on, but, like, uh, they weren't, it didn't, I, I don't remember what happened after that. Like, even even with Charlotte, Charlotte and Becky had something going on in that Rumble, but it wasn't until later. Yeah, it was the very that, end. And it's not like you right. needed that to spark that
0: feud. I mean, that's been going on for no. years and years. It's-
1: no, right. Yeah, I'm looking at it's, that right now,
0: like at both of those from last year, and nothing is ringing a bell of like, oh, this person
1: eliminated that person and it led to something. I'm yeah, seeing like,
0: nothing. I
1: think I think the one that had some potential was Mustafa Ali eliminating uh, Samoa Joe. Correct. And, and they, they we all know how, that, how that worked out. That was, you know, Mustafa Ali was, was in for a push, mm-hmm. and unfortunately uh, he was concussed. Uh, and that led for Kofi to, to, to move in and, and Kofi mania to happen. And, and who knows in, a, in an alternate universe, Mustafa Ali is a top baby face in the company right now. Yeah. We haven't seen him on SmackDown in weeks. That's a guy I want in the rumble on Sunday.
0: Yeah, oh, man. There's just so much going on. So many numbers, so many I, colors I as I'm looking through here. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, It's not, I don't want to say it's not what it used to be because it's still fun. We still enjoy it. Obviously, we still talk about it. So it's, right. It's, it's, do you want to
1: do, you said, you said you like to do top fives? Uh, yes. We're all about top five lists. All right. Do you want to do a top five (laughs) of guys that would, or you, we can, we can either do top five guys, top five girls, or just do top five of each. Top five where you can make, An argument that if they win the rumble this year, it would, you know, make make them winning the rumble make sense. It would help them as opposed to just doing nothing. Yes, or or not even not win, just like do something, make a statement. Yeah, make this is their this this should be their statement. Rumble.
0: I mean, this kind of goes into all of our. We always have conversations about. I think our last two episodes ago we talked about you know who we think is going to do well in the coming year kind of like our our peck yeah. ahead of time
1: and you can't you can't predict that stuff cuz guys in January yeah, that look like they're going to uh, you know Drew McIntyre is a great example of this last January was the same spot he was in this January you <laughs> thought that that rumble was going to elevate him and he could be a main event player and then after his wrestlemania match with roman uh I don't think he won a single match on pay-per-view yeah. in 2019. I agree. So, like
0: He would be the one. He'd be in my list of people. I would love this to be kind of his jumping point to doing
1: something. I would like that, too. But I would like that, too, because <sighs> I think that on both sides of the spectrum, I think that he can get fans on his side, or he can be an antagonist. Uh, he's a great antagonist, but I think that if you want to use him as a babyface, they've been trying to, to make him likable lately yes
0: i was good we haven't talked about that on here but the last couple of weeks it is funny that he's trying to throw like i hate to say everyone's like who has a joke is being like the rock but he is throwing like those little funny jabs and it's like is that really you or are you just like regurgitating a really bad joke someone I, gave you
1: it's i think they were yeah i think that they're trying to Test the waters to see how people react to him doing likable things as an unlikable person. <laughs> yeah, I like that, him. That's good. Yeah, That's good. I think that all baby faces and all heels should have likable and unlikable aspects to them. No, and I love him. Like, that's he's, what made The Rock so good. Yeah, and as a heel, especially. I'd love to
0: see uh, McIntyre do something, but then, I don't know, I, without getting too deep into it, I kind of. Having a a big guy going against Lesnar, I'd almost rather an un, uh, an underdog beating Lesnar and then going up. Yeah, like, just to say like, oh, it's easy to, see. not that they can't There's pull off so good many match.
1: politics that that but, go along with that, and like who the who Lesnar's gonna be okay with him beating, mm-hmm. and and who Lesnar thinks that is gonna make him the most money. Uh, you know, like honestly, like that's why I kind of think that this. This year, there's really nobody like I would love it for Kevin Owens to win that rumble and that to, and this to be his his jumping off point mm-hmm. and beat Brock Lesnar. I, the, the problem here is that how many guys can beat Brock Lesnar before it's not not special. impressive? To, yeah, yeah. Um, right. And Seth Rollins did it, did it twice and it, it basically killed him as a baby face. We talked about
0: this on our last episode, but uh, we're kind of always talking about Lesnar here. Let's not forget Bray Wyatt as the fiend. Like, it, it'd I be know. nice to keep him as champion. Like I've I mentioned, Daniel Bryan would have been awesome to beat him if this like went on and on and on for a month or for months or a year or two years. It's and it's then, a like, good
1: little story they got going.
0: Yeah, it elevates Bryan like crazy, but for him. To beat him now, it seems too soon. So, are you just leading up to Roman beating him? Like, is that really what the where this is all going? Um, I don't. You know, I really don't know. I. Um, it's interesting. Like, yeah, I love the the Fiend here- deal, but it's just right. If we're pre booking like two monster
1: champions with who can beat either yeah, one. Here's what I want to happen. Here's what I don't want to happen. What I don't want to happen is I don't want Roman Reigns to kill the Bray Wyatt character, like Cena killed Umaga, uh, and buried him and (laughs) Cena buried, um, who are some other guys that like went down, you know, when, when they were either about to be champion or could, could have decided to be champion. They, they completely, I don't know, like a Damian Sandow Mm -hmm. that tried to cash in on Cena, uh, we joke. But like, we joke that Ryback, uh, yeah,
0: Rusev came out in a goddamn Rusev, tent, yep,
1: and then like loses, and then
0: now he's watching his wife. Yeah, very <laughs> on least, TV.
1: Rusev at least had like a career, a notable career, though. Umaga, Umaga, after he faced Cena, became like this mid card monster joke. Yeah, it, 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 you know, Cena completely buried him. I, I. I really hope that they find a way to make Roman the top star without fully burying the Fiend and the Bray Wyatt character.
0: Yeah. Because... There's too much to I that. can There's too many
1: layers that hopefully yeah. even, like, a loss
0: will not turn into a loss. It'll turn into... He goes back to his other way for a while. Like, it. it there's enough,
1: yeah. enough depth, hopefully. Right. I, 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 you know, I can see there being... A life where, you know, uh, the Fiend and Roman have a three pay-per-view match, um, uh, like a three pay-per-view mm-hmm. fight. And maybe maybe Brian is involved with it somehow. Maybe Brian, maybe all of this turns into a brainwashing for Brian. I, I, something is going on there yeah, where the outcome of this is going to change Brian's character indefinitely. I don't think that we're I think this is gonna be a really interesting year for him, let's put it that
0: yeah, way. Yeah. I, I hope so. I, I agree. Um and just to go back to Rusev, he's kind of my theory is that they're putting through him through all this bullshit and then he's gonna come out the other side and be the one to either beat uh Lesnar or Bray Wyatt, like that, I'd be okay oh, with. Oh, I don't
1: know, I don't know. I think <laughs> I mean,
0: I'm not. I, I, I'm not I saying it's going to, but that would be. He's on my list. No, of- I,
1: I think they're doing it because they they found something that that people they found a train wreck that people can't look away from. <laughs> well, they sure did it, and they added fucking Liv Morgan to it. <laughs> Jesus. Christ. like they didn't even, they haven't even really addressed that. That's bad. I think they said, I think they said like, okay, when Liv Morgan came out and then said she had a relationship with Lana, I think they they realized after that, oh, that looks pretty bad because we actually had an LGBT superstar Mm -hmm. that has been trying to be in an LGBT Uh, storyline. And it looks pretty bad that we've now turned that into Jerry Springer. So maybe we should just be like, well, Liv Morgan doesn't like Lana, and and let, but I would like some explanation at least. Like, I don't know. I, I'm thinking like if, if Eric Bischoff was in charge, oh, if it, it was his yeah. show, we'd be like <laughs> be getting HLA videos all yeah. over the place and stuff like yeah, that. If this and, was uh,
0: 1999. Sure, uh, Russo would be having a field day with us, but it,
1: oh yeah, it wasn't oh, even... would have been making out with with Liv Morgan during during the wedding, yeah. and it wasn't it even. Was dis-
0: it wasn't even that it was distasteful to me. It was just. Bad, like bad acting, bad storytelling. Like, forget the whole political or
1: whatever around it. It was just not good. So, yeah, whatever. I I will say there there were funny things about it. I loved how they put empty chairs uh, on the sides, and you know where people would be. You know sitting and watching the the ceremony and nobody was there. Yeah, that was fun.
0: they didn't I mention that. that did they? Like that's a funny note that I saw like it would have been funny if she would have flipped out that hey how come no one is here to witness this but they kind of it was like a happy accident that was there that they didn't right.
1: capitalize on. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, but that's that's the problem with their storytelling like they can Capitalize on all of this stuff, and they just are like, no. The important part here is that that Lashley, Lana, bad, Rusev, good, yeah. <laughs> Rusev, pop out of cake now. Like, <laughs> it's nothing it's wrong. Cade Man storytelling.
0: <laughs> nothing wrong with a good bad wrestling wedding. That's a whole episode that we're just trying love, to put together.
1: <laughs> I but, love wrestling weddings, and I love bad wrestling yeah. weddings. But like this, this didn't even. Like the the Matt Hart the the Lita Kane wedding and whatever that one was like that one was that one was trash but it was like it was it was good trash yeah no they're this, all fantastic this the, yeah without, this, this one was just like afterwards you're just like this lasted forever and I feel so bad for everybody that had to be a part of it yeah
0: it was with we've gone through all of them and we always want to have an episode about it but that may be the worst one. I can't really think of a worse, like, just not even a letdown. Like, everything else was either funny or had something that you could, like... Yeah, uh,
1: like, oh, no, the, the, the you know, the guy that came out and said, oh, I'm Lana's first husband, and yep. the, the... Not good. They should have... Do you think they should have gotten Crystal Marshall back? I know that was. That probably yeah. would have been pretty bad taste. But, but at least if she came out, it would have been like, oh shit, that is Bobby Lashley's yeah. first
0: wife. But it was just, it was poor. And, he has,
1: and she has some sort of tie to, to WWE. Yeah. So, so uh, just
0: looking through the list anyways, to kind of yeah. tie up what you asked, I'm going to speak yeah. for my co host Chris, who is not here today, and say that. It's been like a behind-the-scenes angle, not like something they've put on TV. But bring out Matt Riddle. Let him eliminate Lesnar and start the whole I want to retire Brock
1: Lesnar angle. Like, that would be really cool. Um, I'm a... Uh... if if you're gonna I I don't know where they're going with Riddle right now I I like the whole I I love that tag match that that they had on NXT and I think that uh the makeshift team between him and Pete Dunn could lead to something Mm. really cool in NXT but I don't know if they're ready to push him up to the main roster I I think he's got a little bit of baggage that they're not ready for I mean that's a whole
0: argument of like who you could bring up and just just light on fire, and you could do something with him
1: or be done. Dream. Yeah, I mean,
0: that's one. Come I'm not on. super high he's on him, but for not having doing anything, yeah, he hasn't done anything in a while. If you bring him back, that's that's money. Um, Keith Lee. I mean, oh God, Keith Lee. So you can't. And I was gonna say this before. You can't. Have everyone win. Not everyone can be the champion. Not everyone can right. beat John Cena. Not everyone can right. win the Rumble. So, like, we're just throwing names out there, and it sucks like that...
1: Like, oh. should, <laughs> and Keith Lee would make sense, too. How... Just... You ha- sometimes you have to take your long-term planning and throw it in the garbage, because what you have right now is so hot and so interesting and makes sense make it make if you had keith lee come in the rumble and at least like you know f- survive to the final four yeah. think about how that does in continuing a feud with adam cole and and the undisputed yeah. era it makes him look so
0: good he doesn't have to win. right now like the, 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 that's a perfect example of you don't have to win but
1: to, uh, yeah. yeah. On the flip like him side and Roman that, being the last two in survivor series. Yeah.
0: Flip side of that, just without looking at the stats, Johnny Gargano had a nice run on last year's, but did it go anywhere? Like not really. Yeah, and it's, he was in it's a, cool, he was in a
1: it's, weird spot. He he was in a weird spot where he was, uh, he had just won the North American title and he was heel and you weren't really sure whether to cheer him in the spot or boo him. And, and, and it was kind of like one of those things where it's, it's Gargano, so we're going to cheer yes. him because he's he's great. But also, weeks after this, they brought him up and, and him and Champa were ta- tagging his, as babyfaces. Yeah, so, that was a weird era of, like,
0: not bad storytelling, but almost them <laughs> admitting that, hey, our fan base doesn't watch NXT, so we can just do whatever uh, we want with these guys and abandon right. the storyline.
1: <laughs> So. Yeah, that kind of that really pissed me yeah. off. But at least like putting Black and Ricochet together made sense uh, because they were tagging for the, the, uh, the Dusty at yep. the time. Yeah, but so it—I
0: it, don't think they'll, they'll do that. In. They probably think well they don't think they've elevated that brand enough now where they can't just bring velveteen dream in and be like hey this is joe Schmo." forget about what you've seen him before like you're stuck with what yeah. people are doing down there now but like at that weird point yeah they're just like eh forget that these two are kind of feuding and kind of not and you don't know but right but right yeah that didn't like- help him like that's him black done were the NXT guys and it didn't help them. Keith Lee comes in this year and just rips
1: shit up. Like that helps him. So Well he also has a connection now that they did the NXT versus SmackDown versus Raw thing. He now if he comes in and eliminates Roman or uh you know, he eliminate I think he he pinned Rollins. What if what if Rollins eliminates him from the match and it's kinda of, you can tell that story of right. you know Keith Lee, Pin Rollins, and, that's, and that led to Rollins's the descent of his madness. Yeah, and that goes of goes back to into an egomaniac.
0: Goes, goes back to what you were saying about this is the perfect time of the year to tell a story. Uh, we used yeah. we used to before we did the podcast. We used to write all of our lists out for our website, and we had a rumble like what were the best things out of a rumble from a non winner. And I wrote up because I remember this like as it was happening. Michaels and Taker for three years, like they ran a story from yeah. Rumble to Rumble. That it, at one, at each one, doesn't seem like it matters, but it just led to the next one, a quick elimination. They were the last two. It led to WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, that's something that, like you're saying, if Keith Lee eliminated that was... Roman, that could set them up for a WrestleMania match. Like, that's storytelling. Like, sure. Pay per view to pay per view, but. God forbid and, they're going to throw if, in, like, you know, I don't know who they're going to throw in. Uh, and it's not going to – that's me being negative. Like, it's not going to work, but you would hope that's
1: something that would work. Right. All right. Uh, yeah. I, I, I Look, if they, if they are open to it and they are just ready to take guys that they know can soar, and Keith Lee is one of those guys that I think right now they know – no pun intended, he's limitless. Like you could do, he, he, he's believable. He is confident in, you know, when, when he talks on the mic, if you let him go and let him be who he is, people will gravitate towards him. That's, that's all you need right now is that people just need to gravitate towards your guys. Roman, they're doing such a disservice to yet again, by putting him with with <laughs> Baron Corbin because not only because people are just sick of having Baron Corbin on their TV and they're doing a very tired trope of, you know, evil heel baddie with his, his goons, you know, <laughs> uh, take takeover show. And it's, it's been the same thing every week, but they're doing a disservice to Roman by not making him sympathetic to everything that's gone on to him for the last year. Because when the story you can tell here is that he, you know, obvi- obviously the cancer story, that's as sympathetic as sympathetic you right. can get. But tie that into his struggles in the last year. He hasn't been able to win some big matches. He hasn't had a title match. He's been involved and he's lost to Rowan and he's lost <laughs> to Corbin and if you build that into his story right now, like honestly, I would be rooting for him in the rumble. If he came out on the next SmackDown and said, you know what? I'm fighting for my life because I know how, how, how horrible the last year was not just with my health, but you know, my career wasn't going anywhere. And I would, I would be rooting for him because I root for vulnerability. That's why I love Daniel Bryan. And
0: it's, he's at a different point in his career but similarly it was fun when flair like had to win every match or he'd have to retire or michaels was down on his luck and like give them
1: stakes practically jbl slave and he had
0: to like come out like there's yes roman to do that like he doesn't they did a good job of not like throwing him right back to the main event. They know that he's kind of got a simmer there and that would be a right. good simmer, like a forced down to bring back up. That's all
1: anyone wants is the up and right, down. But you have a, you have a story here where it's been over a year since he had to, he finally won the title and he was, you can finally say, all right, this has been so long. They were trying to make him top guy and, and unfortunately, he, you know, he runs through a, a bad time in his life where he gets a, you know, uh, he gets a recurrence of cancer and but the remission happens almost immediately. And that and that's great. That's awesome. And now you can build him back up. But they're they they have not told that story of him trying to fight for everything to get everything back that he had lost. Right. And I want that. I, and I think they can give that to me. I'm I'm rooting for Roman in this to get all of it right.
0: And like I said before, if he's the one that ultimately brings down uh, Bray Wyatt, that's cool. But I want it to be in a year. I don't want it to be in three months of well, you know.
1: I don't care when it is. I just care how they get there. I'm right. I'm. I care that I'm fully behind Roman while you do it. Don't make Roman this like. Oh, I'm a, I'm a badass. I'm a, I'm a powerful guy. I, I just kick a lot of ass. Like, he had some. He was really good when he was vulnerable on the microphone mm-hmm. talking about his cancer. I agree. Make him that. Make him that. <laughs> Make him that guy. I, I, I honestly, the best thing that they should do for Roman right now is have Sean Michaels be his producer.
0: <laughs> yeah, because he's kind of. He's done the exact same thing. He'd be the one to it, it, go exactly, him through it. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, I, you know, bring him up from NXT for like, you know, just this road to WrestleMania and have Shawn Michaels develop his storyline. Have you thought about bringing in Hulk Hogan to coach him just to
0: no sell everybody? Uh, brother,
1: <laughs> brother. <laughs> Brother, do you like the New Day, brother? <laughs>
0: I just happened to look new day, at... <laughs> new
1: Day is fine by me.
0: I just saw Hulk's name on here, and I'm like, yeah, oh, that's interesting. All right, so we've yeah. talked about we, lots of... Should we just like... Uh, outside yeah, Rumble stuff. Uh, yeah. My executive producer is looking at me because he wants to take his walk in a couple minutes. So yeah, we will... Uh, I, think,
1: I think the laundry needs to get done.
0: <laughs> so let me do just... It, do it. And we're going to post the list of uh, you know your spreadsheet, but I just want to hit a couple notes here that we, I think people should be on the lookout for. So, uh, we have 330 people who have been in a rumble, which is astronomical that that number is, is there. Um,
1: yeah. And there are a lot to think about there also, that's not including secondary gimmicks. Correct. That's literally uh, people not Godfather. Godfather is a uh, good, good God. Uh, pa-
0: <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple here, which,
1: K, K quick and our truth and uh, uh, Sion and uh, the Barbarian, yep. Red Rooster Terry Taylor. You did like, a very
0: good job of, of keeping track of that.
1: Albert Albert A train tensai Prince Albert Sweet Tea all those.
0: <laughs> Yeah, nothing wrong with some uh tensai. Um so just qu Tensai and, tensai <laughs> I loved and tensai. sweet Tea. <laughs> So just looking uh, I jotted down a couple uh, quick ones to look at. Uh, I sort by score. We talked about how everyone uh, was scored for different things. And I jump right to the bottom. So my, your bottom five are fantastic. So if this whole list is who's the most valuable in a Rumble match, these are literally statistically the worst. So going <laughs> backwards, we have a tie between R-Truth and Bushwhacker Luke which doesn't seem right but it is that that's okay they are both at -4.3 we
1: one one is made evented a, a pay-per-view the other is bushwalker Lewis.
0: <laughs> uh next uh, at -4.6 we have titus o'neil which just and looking last
1: at, year yeah looking at last his stats, year, he wasn't in the bottom
0: floor. man yeah he's got two under 30 seconds three under 10 minutes and, it, and it's not including titus world slide
1: because we're not including greatest world So.
0: Uh, tied no, with him. No points for that. <laughs> tied with him, Santino Morella, who had a two-second elimination. So, like, that's...
1: When you're getting the. Into- Santino's got a... He's got a really interesting rumble history to him because not only does he have the shortest elimination ever, but he almost won the damn thing in 2011 yeah. with the... He was the first person to hide under the ring and actually almost... Uh, and now, and now every year somebody hides on the yeah. ring, and I hate it. Yeah, it's, I, like they need to stop that. Um, the the one when Rusev did it, like how pointless was that?
0: <laughs> yeah, if it goes somewhere, like we said with everything, everything is cool if it goes somewhere. But if it gets right. done, like it was funny when Jerry Lawler would do it, like but that was twenty years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, because like, that
1: fit his chicken shit heel character. Yeah, but.
0: Yeah, that one was very strange. Um <laughs> second to last, which is kind of a shocker to me, 5. -5.1 point, points, The Hurricane. I can't believe. I guess in retrospect I can picture him just running down to the ring cape in hand and just getting tossed immediately. So
1: that's yeah, that's sort of been his thing when um uh in 2002, I think that was his first rumble, he came out and the only two guys in the ring were Triple H and Austin. Yep. And he went up to them and he puts that's so his, great. His uh, like tries he, to choke he does slam the choke slam thing, and both <laughs> of them look at him and are just like, mm, great. "No!" And they toss him right away. Which That's uh, pretty much yeah
0: that, been his his, his ordeal. That and that when, that when instance came, led to uh, Mister Perfect coming out afterwards and actually holding his own against those two, which was real sweet.
1: Mr. Perfect, I think, lasted longer in that Rumble than Austin. Yeah, I think Mr. Perfect was uh, top three. Austin was was eliminated top. Uh, I think Austin was part of the top four, but uh, Mr. Perfect was in the final yeah. three. Yeah, he think. had a
0: he had a good run there. He did. And Then uh, did. at the very bottom. Negative seven point eight points is the combined <laughs> Papa Shango, comma and Godfather. Right on the whole train. God, he was in eight Rumbles. Three under thirty seconds. Three more under two minutes. That is ridiculous. He had one elimination. Yep. Who did he yep. eliminate? That there is something I gotta go back.
1: Oh, on. you know what? I think I actually think it was back in nineteen ninety nine. Like that—that that was like that was the Godfather year. <laughs> um, I, I want to say it was somebody like a, a Mark Henry or D'Lo Brown. You know, somebody that he had. That sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, his history history with. Although the ninety nine year. D'Lo Brown was actually in the final four and Mark Henry was eliminated by China. So it couldn't have been that, but it was something Isn't that along of, those lines. I can picture yeah. that like
0: him dumping D'Lo and just kind of shrugging his shoulders like, Hey, it's every man, right. it's every man for himself, pal. So right, right. that's your bottom five. And before we jump up, to another group. There are
1: two Hall of Famers in that, by the way.
0: (laughs) It's amazing that as I'm going backwards through the list, so that was numbers, you know, three twenty five through three thirty. The Miz, negative four points at three twenty four. Like, that's insane that he is Yeah. That big a name and he is that I don't want to say underutilized, but like two under thirty seconds, one under two minutes, two eliminations in 11 years. 11 years. He's eliminated two people.
1: But he's also somebody like, you can make him either look good and it makes sense, or you can make him look like a buffoon, and that makes sense, too. I'm not knocking it. It's just crazy that his longevity has turned into that. Right. I think another one that's pretty low on this list, I don't know where he is, Um, but Dolph Ziggler is pretty low. Yeah, I
0: believe I had him highlighted here somewhere... Um
1: and he, he he's if he's in the rumble this year, that's twelve in a row. He's not as
0: low. Hey, man. He's mid level. He's like one eighty. Which is still negative point five points, but he's had seven eliminations. He's always lasted, which is kind of his calling card. He's like the right. modern day Rick Martel. Um Right,
1: but he's also had like a bunch of times where he's came out number
0: thirty. Yeah. That. That's a good point. That kind of throws you off. Even if you're the best wrestler, um, you come in at number thirty, you automatically are not going to be there longer than ten right.
1: minutes. So, right, hmm. right. But Ziggler also the times that he was thirty had uh, I don't I don't know if he was thirty in last year, but he was in the final four last year. And I think you have him as twenty eight last year,
0: thirty the year before. 24, 28, okay. 30. God, his last five have all
1: been in the last six. Like, that's. You want to know the craziest rumble? Like, I, I don't just love these kind of numbers, but I love, you know, when you look at entrance numbers and look at, like, guys that have been number one and number 30, mm-hmm. there are so many of those guys. Ziggler's won. Uh, I think Triple H has done it. Uh, I think Ted DiBiase has done it. I think
0: Taker. Um, God, Taker was number one once and number thirty three times.
1: That's kind of Even, crazy. Even, but that's a good number thirty to yeah, have because he's the kind of guy he'll get a pop at number thirty. So um, I can't believe that uh, I have him highlighted. Rikishi. <laughs> uh yeah, I saw him somewhere too. Rikishi was number one in two thousand two, and I think he was number thirty. Rikishi has back to back rumble entrance so he was number 30 in 2001 and the next rumble he's the first person to come yep. out so he's literally back well, that's to back. what taker
0: did the year with uh michaels
1: oh yeah, uh, yeah with the year with michaels um, right I, michaels had to have been 31 year the, right? uh,
0: michaels was never number 30 according to your he list. was never
1: number 30 oh. he was number one a ton yeah, of he's times number
0: one twice and number two which might as well be number
1: yep. one Yeah, Yeah, it's the same
0: shit. I can't believe that CM Punk, his last three Rumbles, he came in at third, first, first.
1: Here's my favorite Rumble statistic. (laughs) My favorite one that I nerd out all the time. 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. Number one from 2010 through 2012 is CM Punk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is Dolph Ziggler 2010, then the M- CM Punk in 2011, then The Miz in 2012. Mm-hmm. The following three years, Ziggler, <laughs> CM Punk, The Miz. All at number one, just like clockwork. Yeah. I mean, it's. How incredible is that? I, like, I don't know if that's somebody backstage actually realizes that that's what's happening, but, like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, that's such a cool stat yeah. that nobody else is ever thinking of.
0: And it's just, it shows that those guys are reliable to go for that long, you know? Sure. sure. Um, Jericho's been number
1: two three times. That's weird.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So technically, yeah. he's been number one three times.
0: Uh, my next group, we'll just jump right to the top, and we'll save our favorite for the last one. Um, if you're looking for most valuable, which that's what we're all here for, uh, number five, John Cena. With 20.2 points. Uh, we have The Undertaker with 22.5. Triple H with 24.3. Shawn Michaels with 26.1. And Stone Cold Steve Austin with 29. It's
1: Cold! Stone Cold!
0: Stone Cold! You can argue that like, if you were going to pick the top five, that's probably who most people would, would grab. Like, That's a yeah, solid Yeah, I would five. think that
1: they would... Yeah, I think that maybe Triple H would be fifth, and Undertaker would be third, or Cena would be third, but uh, or even Hogan if you wanted to put him in the mm-hmm. top five. Yeah, maybe. But um, I think this year, if he doesn't, if he wins or he doesn't win, Roman is probably going to take is probably jumping in that top five yeah, because he's right Roman there. is that. Roman's at 19.9 He uh, with last year's appearance he, oh actually no he wasn't in last year uh, but I guess with the appearance the year before he just um, just slipped by Hogan uh, Roman is 19.9 and Hogan has 19.8 Correct. so hoping that Hogan doesn't have that you know <laughs> resurgent comeback never say but, never brother never say another brother I'm here to eliminate Biggie <laughs> Um, but okay, uh, I can't. Roman, I can't Roman... let this
0: go now. Now I have to go back to this. So I don't What's remember that? if we already said it earlier or before we started recording. How you want uh, Kofi Kingston to kind of take this and run? Um, yes, I would love Big E to eliminate Kofi. Stop his life. Let that be the story. Like I know everyone loves the New Day, but like when is Big E going to turn and? I love Big
1: E. I love Big E, and after listening to New Day's podcast, I love Big E even more. (laughs) I I think like, look, you can't get much bigger than the stable that they're in, but if it's an alternate universe and Big E is champion during all this and not Kofi, it still makes sense, and people will still love it. Even if Xavier Woods was champion, like yeah, maybe he's a little small for that, but he, I think it still works.
0: I agree. Like that, Something's yeah, I, bound to happen, I, happen there, and I'm surprised I they've stuck around that long. It's crazy that they've been a team for how many years? Seven,
1: eight years? It's got to be. It's, it's insane. Oh, yeah. Well, since like 2014, so yeah, six. Uh, but the thing here is that Big E, if he were doing solo stuff or even was still in the New Day, but... Pursuing solo's solo career in the new day, think about like a, a Big E versus Shinsuke Nakamura intercontinental title match. Yeah, there's sure. Put me on board. I'm I'm ready for Big E to face anybody in a singles match right now. Right, like we're the
0: we're, thing... we're talking like you can talk dream matches of people in NXT or New Japan or whatever, but Big yeah. E has like fifteen. Dream mat, not dream matches, but like untapped matches
1: right under their nose. Like right, let that right. happen. and I think I think it's different when you're in a tag team and you have like this past week they've uh, Big E faced John Morrison. I think it's different when you're in a tag team, especially if you're tag team champions, and you're f- facing off in a singles match because Jey Uso's singles career. Isn't as meaningful as the Usos as a Correct. tag team, but if if be if if the tag team was Kofi and Woods, and Biggie was if they were pushing Biggie for the Intercontinental Title and he had to face guys like Bobby Roode and uh, Shinsuke and Sami Zayn and Cesaro, those feel. Really fresh to yeah. me. Even if he were to face them while he was tag team champion, I wouldn't be as into that. And he may have it's wrestled like some of the, those. He may
0: have wrestled some of those guys before, but it was yeah. So long like ago. They, how many
1: times did they face the
0: bar? Yeah, Cesaro is like three different characters beyond what they wrestled. So <laughs> right, <laughs> he's not the Superman ripping off his suit anymore. He's a couple past
1: that. Uh, yeah, There's right. But I mean, so much. I'm still all for any sort of push with oh, Cesaro. Yeah. I love I love this stable by the way. This is like my dream. It stable, is very interesting.
0: But... It's very Ring of Honor New Japan 2014. Yeah. But like it's it's real yeah. sweet. So uh yeah. our next grouping uh, I think is your favorite and it's
1: it's my favorite by of
0: far. my favorite. You just call it like the negative twos. Is that is that what we're calling them?
1: I, I kind of, I, I called it I had a couple of names for it. I called it like Imperfect or impractical <laughs> Um, I am I'm, I'm open. If you want to tweet the podcast and you know and give us some names for this grouping, <laughs> then I'm I'm open to uh, it. But job, essentially, <laughs> jobber central. Well, I, I don't want to call I don't want to call Taz a jobber. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, that's not. All very, right, we're skipping he's ahead. He's the so. only one of these that you can say he is. And J- Jamie Noble's like a good backstage. Oh, yeah. He was always a good hand. Um, but all of these guys on this in this category are guys that have entered one Rumble and were eliminated in under 30 seconds. So they all are at negative two, and they've basically – and my favorite of the bunch is Tom Brandy because 98 is one of my favorite Rumbles. That's funny. So, you get the whole thing in 98 where uh, Cactus Jack comes out, Chainsaw Charlie comes out, and they're throwing chairs at each other, uh, the chainsaw, whole, the whole bit, and it's really, really entertaining. And then, all of a sudden, number three comes out, and you hear this music and you're not familiar with it. And and is like, oh, there's Tom Brandy, big Italian, <laughs> and Tom Brandy lately has had some problems with, uh, oh, and there he goes. <laughs> literally listen to it and that's word for word everything that JR says so in this in his conversation cuz Foley and, and and Funk just just toss him right away <laughs> oh. and he was never seen in a rumble again and I, I think a lot of these guys have been number 3 uh fake razor i think was 3 yeah the, um, your list
0: the one that i grabbed does not have their entry numbers on those guys but oh
1: Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I should have put that's it. Okay. I'm, that's okay. Um, that's uh, Gilbert was close to three. I think Gilbert was like five or six. So because gilberg's was was funny. He was actually uh, he was uh, he was eliminated by my by, by my best friend, Edge. Uh, <laughs> well, he's the only guy that I've had, like, you know, a conversation. Well, I've had a conversation with a couple of these guys. Let's let's uh, I, I've talked to CM Punk before. So Ooh, look at you. Uh, I produced a segment with him. That's nice. The the yeah the weekend uh, that he was uh, fighting UFC for the first time against uh, Mickey Mickey Gall, I I got to I got to produce an interview with him. So that that was cool. Um, and I wasn't really I didn't need to talk to him because all thing like director was talking to him. But I I just kind of threw out there. I'm like, hey, uh, just just checking with you. Are you in Are you in Cleveland? He said, yes, we are in Cleveland. I'm like, all right, I got to talk to him. Okay. <laughs> And by the way, that day was my birthday. Oh, so. look at you! Happy birthday, post. Yeah, uh, right. Five years ago. Right. Happy birthday that I got to, I got to talk to. And if I ever saw him again, which you never know, pet's Cross, I, I would tell him like, "Hey, thank you for letting me produce your." <laughs> or, you know, it was a treat to produce your interview on my thirtieth birthday. So what a
0: mark. And, <laughs> I don't know, all my friends make but, fun of me because I'm a CM Punk Mark. So that's I just have to I,
1: I am pass I on. am too, and it's not just I, I I appreciate the person. You know, I I know he's had some complications. Uh, you know, with his personality, but I I appreciate who he is because uh, it it takes a lot to uh, to. To st- and it goes back to kind of with what Pearl Jam has been about, uh, to really stick stick by your guns. And, and, and you know, when everybody else is saying, well, you should be doing this, you need to have principles and you need to have your own set of rules to, to go by. And, and he's, you know, I, I really he's been he's like as close to. You know, Pearl Jam has been to wrestling. It's it's him. Yeah, he's he's punk you know? rock. He's doing it his own way. You know? Absolutely, like he wouldn't he wouldn't want Ticketmaster to to upcharge <laughs> uh, uh, folks on tickets either. So you know, uh, but anyway, this group of the Im- imperfect guys yeah. or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> our, our group of friends would call this the take a shot because.
0: Anyone who gets eliminated before the next person comes out is an automatic shot. So
1: this is, uh, That's good. I like so that. So
0: we are looking like at uh, Timothy Well of Well and Done. We're looking at. Uh, <laughs> do you remember that tag so, team? Of course. I sure do. Fantastic. <laughs> um, squat member number one, which is awesome. People would know as the head, not the head shrinkers, the headhunters, or um, the head hunters, if yeah. you're an ICP fan, the mushroom boys, but you're not. So we'll. Next. Um, Fake Razor Ramon, Tom Brandy, Gilberg, Taz, which doesn't fit with everyone else, Sylvan, it's great, the the Sandman, Jamie Noble, Epico, Adam Rose, James Ellsworth, Enzo Amore, and No Way Jose. All guys who came in, did not eliminate anyone, were gone in under 30 seconds, and we have debated... None of these guys will probably ever be in another Rumble.
1: And there, if you actually, if we were counting Greatest Royal Rumble, um, Mike Knells would be on this list.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. he's going to
1: be in another one either. So I no, 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 no. I don't think he's going to be anywhere anytime soon. <sighs> um, there is another one: uh, the Brian Kendrick, one Rumble, under thirty seconds, but scored an elimination. Nice. So, he got to negative 1.5. Congratulations.
0: Shot him right above Honky Tonk Man and Marty Jannetty. Congratulations.
1: (laughs) Good character. Like, right right under under the Unico Sin Cara character.
0: I mean, this list is great just for just looking through and seeing, like, oh, yeah, all these names make sense. Like, oh, wow, that's random. Like, you know, world champion, world champion. Oh, my God, uh, that person. Uh, Even just in a grouping of the negative ones. Psychosis, Muhammad Hassan, Rico, Ernest Miller, Spike Dudley, Drew Carey. Like, how is Drew Carey... (laughs) Drew, just now looking down, Drew Carey is above Hall of Famers like Jerry Lawler, William Regal, you know... Honky-tonk man, great colleague. Jeff Hardy. Like, that's crazy. He's way <laughs> above p- some people, like Bradshaw, Jack Swagger, way down the list.
1: Bradshaw, Bradshaw has not had a good Rumble no. Uh, tenure. No. I don't know why. It, he's just always eliminated fairly quickly. He's like bottom. Same with Farouk. Farouk has not done very well. Yeah.
0: He, uh, Bradshaw eyeballing it. He's like bottom 12. Farouk's probably bottom 20. Yeah.
1: But it didn't help that he also came in as a commentator. I feel like when you come in as a commentator, yeah. that that pushes you down. So I don't know if there's uh, if there's a different line for that. Well, it, um, didn't, it didn't
0: hurt Jerry Lawler from coming in and saying it takes a king to know a king. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> what McMahon? Uh, what
0: were you saying? Ooh, oh, I love his,
1: his sound effect during that.
0: Whoa! <laughs> so. I uh, I implore everyone to look at this list. Look for your favorites. Um, just looking for Chris's favorites. Uh, Greg Valentine is 72. Terry Funk is 66. Uh, Flair is oh. 20. By the way,
1: one of the, one of the things that we didn't mention with points, uh, you do get one points for entering your next rumble. So say say you were in one rumble, you don't get a point for just being in that rumble. But say like Kane, Kane has 1.8 points just for every falling rumble that For like in.
0: longevity if you will?
1: Longevity, yeah, yeah. Just for being there for a while, which really kind of makes it worse that The Miz and Dolph Ziggler that are low. so low.
0: Yeah, that's like you're, uh, it's like getting a strike and getting your points for the next two frames, right?
1: Yeah, pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs>
0: Alright, this is, this is entertaining. Like, I went through this whole list last year and now I feel just I need to just keep looking at it randomly, and you find something different and, every time. So
1: yeah, and I'm gonna update this after you know on Monday. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out some numbers, and I'm gonna be like, all right, well, you know, let's see how far Roman Reigns gets pushed up. Let's see where Brock Lesnar ends up because Brock Lesnar's gonna uh, Brock Lesnar might shoot up the list near the top ten because he might last close to fifty minutes, and he might eliminate you know ten guys. Yeah, this is. So a moving list forever which is uh, it really is uh, and I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a, a female list too I'm gonna make the women because I feel like after three that's it's good it's good to start like i I, I feel like if I was gonna do it last year like two is not in indicative of anything uh, that you know it doesn't tell you anything right. It just says well well Becky Becky and Oscar have won but this year. Especially because we don't know what's going to happen. There's been, like, six women that have
0: qualified. <laughs> yeah, that could be uh, an NXT just showcase right there. I
1: think I, I think it's Shayna. Um, I think Shayna's going to win that. I
0: like Shayna Baszler. She's sweet. Um
1: doesn't need yeah. to be. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the WrestleMania match is Shayna, is Shayna versus Becky. And then uh, Ronda at WrestleMania is going to come back and screw Becky out of the title. Yeah. Because um, then she doesn't have to – that's a long-term story where she doesn't have to train to get ready for WrestleMania, and like, they can make that either next year's WrestleMania match or SummerSlam match, and they don't have to involve Charlotte in that. So
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Um, also, to your point of not having enough – I don't know, without looking at the stats, it's almost like they – for that first year, they just threw every woman they ever had employed. So, like, it's kind of not fair to just have, like, oh, Michelle McCool. Like, she's taking up a spot yeah. on your list. Like, it's
1: gonna be a lot because of one-offs. They're not, sh- Molly Holly's not showing up again. Yeah. And Michelle McCool would actually be probably top ten at this point, because she made a ton of eliminations
0: <laughs> in that. And it's just, yeah, so, the, the the more more people you get, the better stats
1: you're gonna get, so... We'll right. See what and, and that's and that's what we're looking for. We're not looking to see who th- the best is per se. We're looking to see like you know where people fit. You know, and I think like even to your kind of uh, to your reverse statement there, like Zia, Zia Lee was in it last year, and um, uh, Casey Catanzaro mm-hmm. was in it last year. And when you look at like Zaylee Li is starting to get a lot of matches on NXT right now, but when she entered last year, nobody knew who she was. Right, was she, she was in the Mae Young Classic, but you know, like now at least, yeah. But now at least, like people can kind of recognize her and and Casey Catanzaro. Uh, she, she came back in the battle royal. She she's I don't know what's going on with her. <laughs> she why. retired. She basically is doing the same shit that she did in Ninja Warrior that <laughs> that she's doing in WWE. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And then, hi guys, I'm back. Which it's crazy. Like I really like her.
0: Like she's she's good. She's like, talented. she's, she's, yeah, she's very me. talented. Like when I first saw her, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be whatever a charity case. But like she's real good. So yeah, she's four feet yeah. tall, but. She's,
1: Right, but you know what? Like sometimes you need you need women that can do sports oh, yeah. too. She's like, she's like, got a place. Her for and Ricochet sure. are gonna have a baby someday, and that baby's gonna be world champion, <laughs> fighting. fighting against Maxwell Hardy.
0: fighting against Mae Young's hand. Um,
1: oh, <laughs> the, oh, too soon! Too soon! It was
0: twenty years ago. <laughs> Leon and well, drink.
1: I mean that baby is uh, that that hand has uh has gone through some medical procedures <laughs> since then uh it is it has been very difficult mark henry is as that that's why mark henry couldn't retire in that salmon suit. He had to pay for the hands oh. and all the medical expenses. They don't get health insurance. <laughs> a,
0: he couldn't actually retire that What day. a great segment. Like, me and Chris <laughs> were talking about uh, that couple That's weeks ago, the favorites. whole Orton segment, like, how bad. it. Like, you knew he wasn't going to retire, but you can never have yeah. a retirement angle and not just, oh, I'm going to pop on YouTube and look at that Mark Henry one. That was the best.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? I knew it. I knew it when I was watching oh, that well, it was, was going to happen.
0: For the turn. But it was so fun. Yeah, it was I was fantastic. Great acting. Like yeah, for lack of a better word. Right,
1: but but the thing the thing is is that they take these and and now they're they're now that they've been done they're tropes. Yeah, you can't. And the Orton thing when you see it, it's like, okay, Orton is injured and AJ is taunting him a little bit. And, and it makes it different that it happened on a house show that's unique. So it makes you think, like, okay, maybe Orton is really done. Okay. Right. But I think right away when, when people found out, they're like, yeah, it's a work, bro. Right. Yeah, it's a work. Uh, um, so the last and, two stats I kind of want to bring up real quick
0: before we get yeah. going. Um, yeah. Looking at total wins, the lowest rated superstars who have actually won Alberto a rumble
1: rio <laughs> is is better than vince mcmahon which is crazy yeah so he's number because vince, vince mcmahon lasted an hour in yeah. the
0: rumble he's he's vince mcmahon's up like 33 oh god vince mcmahon is above foley rvd good lord <laughs> but yeah de- del rio Stone. is number 42 and then two above him hacksaw jim duggan um, so yep. they were the lowest rated crushes
1: crush better than Duggan and Del Rio
0: <laughs> oh man why uh, and then on the flip side I think kind of obviously Kane in all of his um, yeah. you know yeah. in, in people was
1: the highest rated non winner so, and I think you can probably expect him to be back in now that he made a little appearance yeah this week so.
0: hey what's going on here you have the big show not winning one Man, my history tells me that he won the league. Come on now, the, This whole I, I'm done. This whole list is trash. I can't deal with this anymore. This is inaccurate. You need the,
1: it's it's you see you see, here's the thing. If you just get rid of the Houston Astros uh World Series win, then it's it's ruining the sanctity of the game.
0: <laughs> Around here we try to eliminate the Louisville basketball win so that Michigan basketball has uh, their championship.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, they actually did it to USC.
0: Yeah, I mean, hang that banner. It can happen. Uh, we also didn't talk Imagine. about... Why didn't we talk about the self-elimination column? Good lord. Those are some of the funniest yeah. ones. <laughs> kind of leave a little something for people to dig into on their own.
1: So. Yeah, I think that was like minus one point if they eliminated themselves or minus half a yeah, point. Yeah,
0: I mean, those are... And that's another take a drink
1: when someone has to eliminate themselves. So Oh, we got to talk about this one though. The worst self the worst elimination of all time. The worst thing that ever happened in a Royal <laughs> Rumble. Nin- 1997 Mill Mascaris. Oh, yes. I just clicked
0: on his off name. Off the top <laughs> rope,
1: outside. And I don't remember if it was Vince or JR and their reaction. Oh, and he took a dive! But that means he's out. Yep. Uh, Mil Mascaris is out of the match. <laughs> was... um, I guess that
0: wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> is his self-elimination count as an elimination? Or does that mean he eliminated someone else?
1: I think... So. No, I, I think... So. I, Oh that one's tough because he didn't actually eliminate somebody in that. Like Foley when he eliminated himself also eliminated Randy Orton. Right.
0: I don't know. I'll we'll have to go back and watch so that, that one. That's a that's a good one. That's
1: a good one. But yeah, he's that's a very that good stories are told in that. No
0: Mascaris is um, in such uh company as I don't know, uh Elijah Burke, Bill Demott, <laughs> Dan Severn, Doug Gilbert.
1: How about how about Mantar? This? How about this? Mantar
0: is on here for Christ's sake.
1: <laughs> Some of, some of my favorite things, just filling the Rumble back then was so tough oh, yeah. because all the guys left for WCW. So, 97, they had they had to bring in, I think they were doing a little while, just like the uh, the AAA yes, guys was- came in and had some matches. So, you have in this Rumble, if you're like doing sparkle quizzes, <laughs> uh, I always have to remember these names for, for the Rumble. Mil Mascaris, who you can remember, he's a legend – uh, Cibernético, it's a good one. Latin Lover and Puroth, <laughs> they a, were all in a royal. Even Rubble just
0: the people who were under contract are they're stretching for you know
1: the fake right. Razor and Diesel, the Sultan, um, right? Man. How how about 2011? They had so many guys under contract. They had two massive factions at the time that they had to that they they had to make it forty. The next year, they had nobody to use, so they used the freaking announcers. Yeah,
0: which is funny like, again. And
1: like... then Karma and Road Dogg <laughs> and and Hacksaw. That was like the year at everybody was a special a special guest surprise. That was that's a weird Rumble because it, it's good. Although, like Sheamus winning is a little meh. Yeah, it's, you know that should have been Jericho's win. I think we all know that.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's an episode of just going back and, like, rebooking who could or should have won different years.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, Dan O'Brien, like, three times, yeah. but, you know.
0: But another fun thing about the Rumble is the surprises. Like, I don't need a ton of surprises, but it's, a, it's fun when you get DDP or, you know, Booker T or something. But, yeah, when you get, like, three announcers in there, you don't need that, but... Just someone right. popping in. I like in the, the unoffensive.
1: Didn't um, I like the unoffensive ones? I like when when Jeff Jarrett and Elias can sing yeah. a song together. Or didn't uh, um, was it in Philly
0: when Bubba Ray came back for the Rumble?
1: Oh, that one I love. that So stuff that like that's one.
0: cool. Like, and that's, this is the place to do. And like it. they
1: had to put they had to put our truth as number two because they're like, well, who's the one guy on our roster that kind of looks like Devon oh, that can do Lord. a three D?
0: <laughs> There's a running bit that we have that we, we will just end on there. Oh, oh man. So I have one last question for you, and then I will let you get, get on your way. Um, sure. We ask this to all of our guests, and you seem to be knowledgeable enough to give us a fair answer. Nah, WWE but, right. Hall of Fame. Should... <laughs> I know your answer to this. Should the Insane Clown Posse be in the Hall of Fame? No. See, now, the, I, I agree. People argue that they've done every Fed... You know they've been to multiple pay-per-views. They've whatever their argument is. I disagree, but I'm just asking your opinion because we ask everybody.
1: Um, <laughs> there are guys like the British Bulldog that haven't been in. Uh, uh, um, Rick the Model Martel isn't agree. in. Um, Molly Holly uh, isn't in. I mean, who who who's last Molly Holly? yeah, she'll be in at some point. Um, Erwin R. Scheister should go in before them. Um, Skinner should probably go in before well, them. Gonna... The red rooster should probably go in before them. We Get
0: some heat from some of my boys. So we might have to uh, good. bring it <laughs> on We're gonna have to stop um, you
1: here before we let's see Santino. Morell is probably getting in before them. Santino. Morell is getting in the hall of fame. You better believe that. Oh, when they put comedy gimmicks in the, like, you know, uh, a Teddy Long or a, you know, uh, you know Rikishi and Godfather. They're they're going to put Santino Moreau in all. So of
0: that's game. my eternal debate: is like, should they be in? No, like to my Hall of Fame, no. But
1: I don't think there is a debate. But, but
0: the people that you put in there, it is like an open door policy, where like everyone who wrestled between oh, ninety eight yeah. and two thousand one, you're getting it's it. not the. It's
1: not Cooperstown. Oh, yeah. They don't have to hit for three, a 300 average. No. Uh, uh, you know, if, if they did something, literally, the Godfather did something memorable for two or three years, and that's why he's in the right. Hall of Fame. And he's, a, and he's a good hand, and he's a good guy. And, uh, you know, I, I get that, that some of the boys just get in for being the boys. I get that. But he his best gimmick, was done from nineteen ninety eight until two thousand until two thousand. I think that's when he became the good folks. Mm-hmm. I liked him as the good so <laughs> but yeah there's Rikishi in the same way too. Rikishi uh, started being Rikishi in ninety nine and then he did the I'm a bad man and <laughs> I did it I, for I, the rock. I did it for did the, it rock. For the- <laughs> But yeah it's I'm I'm trying to find this. Okay, so I swear that this happened so the first time that um, that Rikishi came out to what would become the Bad right. music, I swear that there's a version of that that's like just a remix that was you know their their initial run with it. That all it was was I ran over stone cold boom 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 I ran over stone cold boom boom boom. If any of you guys. No, like go back and look at the first time he that Rikishi and came out to an entrance music on either raw or Smackdown or or metal or something like that <laughs> um or he or even heat yeah heat could be could be it, but I swear out my velocity the first <laughs> but I don't even think velocity was a thing in the attitude mm. Era though like to that like that was ruthless aggression,,
0: um, maybe, yeah.
1: possible I don't know because I I think by the time I I had stopped watching in 2002 2003 and I think velocity came like right as I on the brink of me stopping possible so yeah so uh if anybody, if anybody can find that and finds the just the version, and I think it was only once, and then the bad man one comes out uh, that we all know. But I think there was a version of, of the bad man that was just I ran over Stone Cold. <laughs>
0: I'll be on the lookout for that. I'll scour uh, YouTube here after right. we're done. All right. So uh, wrapping, I mean, it could be on the too. Who knows? <laughs> wrapping up, tell everyone who you are, what your website and your podcast is, and why everyone should listen.
1: All right. Well, uh, this is, uh, you've been listening to Randy Sobel here, uh, and I run a podcast called live on four legs. It is a podcast that focuses primarily on Pearl jam and their live performances throughout the years. And you would think, Oh, well, that's, why is that a subject to talk about? Well, it's because for people that love this band and it has this kind of grateful dead, uh, following to it where it's very tribal and people will, you know, I'm going to Amsterdam. I, I live in Connecticut and I'm going to Amsterdam to go see them, just just you know, we're going on a honeymoon, but we're going to go see them as part of it. Uh, I will travel the world to see them because it is a different experience every night. Uh, there are songs that have been played only two or three times that people go and chase, and and they know the band knows what they're doing with these songs, oh, yeah. and they know that okay, you know, now the time to bring out the rare ones, and and they're good about that stuff, and and they keep a really. Intense fan base, and and we love to go back and look it back at you know the old Eddie eras of ninety two and ninety three when Versus was uh, you know kicking into high gear and Eddie was at his most angry and ninety five <laughs> with the Ticketmaster stuff. There's lots of stories to tell, um, and basically we love to tell stories of fans going to shows and and giving a retelling of of their experience being at the show and just not just that but like how they got there and how they got tickets and their emotions that they felt during uh during the show and, and like i said i said in the beginning it's it's a powerful thing when you get really into music and pearl jam has so many different identities that you can follow along with and you know through different stages of life so i agree uh, it's a it's yeah. a very
0: deep dive. Like everyone likes a deep dive in wrestling here. Your podcast is yep. a deep dive into a genre of music that I, not I wouldn't say genre, but a part that I wouldn't have thought of. It's really about the set list and why it's created, how it's created. So anyone who's ever yep. like thinking about that, it's not. I mean, I love Aerosmith or I love whoever, but like you know, they're doing it in a certain order every night. Pearl Jam is like—I yeah. don't want to say it's an art to it, but like you, your podcast deep dives into that, so that's yeah, definitely an interesting take. And, and then you, as we noted, have WWE superstar Edge
1: on your next yep. episode, so we will send everyone. Yeah, your it way should be out that. by the time you listen to this. It should be out. Excellent. So uh, definitely, definitely look for it. Um, the the one thing I'll, I'll say is that you know I, I'm going to ask you this: do you, do you know like what podcast um, made me want to do live on Fort Lex? That got me. Into I don't it? know. You tell me. I, is that it a music? It was some. It was something to wrestle with. Mm, that it was because of their their ability to go back and tell stories of that era, and obvi- and you know. Obviously, we tell stories from our perspective of, you know, either the time period or when we were at a certain show and how we felt about things. But, you know, talking to somebody like Edge about, uh, Green, you know, the Greenville 2016 show and like his experiences is kind of in a way, even though Pritchard has more of a, a background of what was going on Insider behind knowledge, scenes, in yeah. a way. Right, in a way it kind of is that because you can you can get to okay, well, what are we seeing here and why are we seeing it and what was going through your head at this time when we were seeing it, you know. We we don't have we have some knowledge of, you know, like hey, the you know, this is on this tour the band was going through this, so we can add that as additional flavor to it, but um you know, we, it's it, it, that's basically why I d- I did it because I did it for The Rocks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, because that's good. Like I, I get what you're saying I'm, because Conrad Conrad and Bruce are, are do such a good job of just retelling history, and I'm such a history buff as it is. And I, I when I do a deep dive into anything that I get obsessed with, I want to know everything everything about it. And res- wrestling and Pearl Jam are like the two wrestling Pearl Jam baseball are like. Very many things that I love knowing everything about. Real
0: quick, because my computer is dying as we talk. No
1: ICP should <laughs> um, not be in the Hall of Fame for the last time.
0: You have to, you have to pick one: Pearl Jam or wrestling. Which one goes?
1: Pearl. Oh, which one goes? Yeah, Re- wrestling. Wrestling goes. Right. Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is uh, has never let me down. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, Vince uh, McMahon doesn't run Pearl Jam. I understand. <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: well, that's it for us. We have talked for a long time. This was a good Rumble talk. Uh, hopefully, it was. Randy comes back, Thank and you for even me. if you just come back with you know quick email, not emails, um, voicemails, or just stuff you want to drop in. Uh, if we get to different points or different topics, you know, we always we always like to hear from different people. So. Hopefully this is the first and not the last.
1: Absolutely. And uh, we'll have to do a crossover episode and get you on our pod. We'll do a Detroit show. I
0: will uh, send you. We did. uh, It was a couple last week. You had a watch along on your Facebook with the Detroit lightning bolt show. And that was really good. Me me and Chris both went to that. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, that could that could that could be one we can cover. I, I like that show yeah. a lot. Mike, Mike breaks one of the orbs. That, I think that's that's we,
0: as that was happening, we we're like, well, that's real funny. That that can't happen every yeah. time. Um, the one <laughs> no. I'll have to send it to you again. The one that I went to in 2000, I think it was 2000, was where someone came up on stage and Eddie grabbed him, and before security could kick him off, he cut his hair it was so ah, funny great. Like the guy thought oh this is all in good fun until he actually did it and the guy was real pissed ah, and even in retrospect wow. like the set list was pretty good so um, we'll right. have to we'll deep dive and we'll look at a Detroit show that I went to and we'll, uh, we'll hook up with something in the near future
1: consider it done
0: my friend alrighty this is, uh, this is Peter I'm solo this week but I'm here with Randy so that is all good I hear the band playing so it's time to go so until next time, see you later. Thanks, Randy. Adios amigos. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly what we what we aim for with that. Perfect. Not down with the clown. Come on. <laughs>
1: my favorite thing. Speaking of Rumble, my favorite thing is uh, you ever see the the 99 Rumble um, where. I think like Kurgan comes out and they play the song and on the network they block the song. I guess the I guess that they oh. don't have rights for it, but um, it's the uh, it's the oddity theme and every single person in the front row is waving their arms back and forth. <laughs> of course it's they the do. <laughs> greatest thing, it's the greatest. Oh man, <laughs> we're
0: gonna. Oh man, we have to get into that too. I need to make a note. I'm gonna do that right here.